You say eat tomato, I say tomato. Hold it. Eskimo. That. That's one word. I love it. I usually go for the whole sentence myself, but this is perfecto. Eskimo, you know, it's so, uh, mysterious. I blame not heaven, but rather a society that tells its youth that the answers can be found in the MTV video games. We must pray that the other teenagers of Sherwood, Ohio, know the name of that righteous dude who can solve their problems. It's Jesus Christ, and he's in the book. God, this is a tragic thing, and sometimes I have a hard time dealing with it and stuff. Please send Heather to heaven and all that. Dear God, please make sure this never happens to me, because I don't think I can handle suicide. Fast early acceptance into an Ivy League school, and please let it be Harvard. Amen. Jesus, God in heaven, why'd you have to kill such hot It's a joke, man. Jeez, people are so serious. Hail Mary, who aren't in heaven, pray for all the sinners. So we don't get caught. Another joke, man. I prayed for the death of Heather Chandler many times. And I felt bad every time I did it, but I kept doing it anyway. Now I know you understood everything. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hi, I'm sorry. Technically, I did not kill Heather Chandler. But hey, who am I trying to kid, right? I just want my high school to be a nice place. Amen. That sound bitchy? minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 and this the month of january the year of our lord 2009 thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day we are live live i say from the flushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of am 970 the talker good news everyone uh, i'm holding here in my hands i got a whole pile of fantastic things i'm going to get the two of them right off the bat Right off the bat. Here's how I and here's how I'm gonna guarantee that I do that. I'm gonna get what Tony Robbins would call external leverage on myself. I'm gonna hold these items in both hands. Not one hand. I mean it's a piece of paper. You could hold it in one hand. I'm holding it in both hands, because normally in this opening segment I hold my ballpoint pen. So what I'm gonna do though, I'm gonna hold these pieces of paper in both hands. Now being a creature of habit, I will want to reach down and pick up the ballpoint pen, but in doing so, I must then look down and realize I am holding this piece of paper in both hands, which will then remind me that I need to get to these things in the opening segment. 
There you go. It's all been carefully constructed for your edification. Anywho, it is uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is 503-733-2970. If you'd like to join us today, 503-733-2970. With the comments, questions, clarifications, uh, quandaries, ponderings, amusements, whatever it is that might be in your brain today. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for uh, coming along. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the mundane. Uh, you can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. So it's 503-733-2970. Don't forget, one random on-air caller today will win something fantastic. And by something fantastic, I'm in a collectible vinyl Star Wars statue from Things from Another World. And by statue, I mean Anakin Skywalker. Tomorrow, Clone Trooper. Today, Anakin Skywalker. Uh, you can find out more about these, and they really are unbelievably cool. I keep going back to this one that Zinn has at the front desk, which I think is actually just his, which is, uh, it looks like, uh, it looks like, uh, uh Sith era, uh, Vader. Not entirely sure, but that's what it looks like. Anyway, you can see these if you want to. There's, uh, Things From Another, Another World's website. Things From Another World, that is tfaw.com. tfaw.com slash Rick. Uh, you buy them right there, you get 75% off, uh, select Star Wars vinyl statues. Get them in the store, 70% off. Tell me you heard about it here, won't you please? Uh, so that's coming up today, and so forth. All right. It is uh, 503-733-2970. Lisa Desjardins will be joining us today from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kasterman has more bad news for everyone. Uh, let's see. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles has more bad news for everyone. I, however, have good news. Uh, let's see. Top five coming up later on today. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. He had not talked to that guy in weeks. He's been gone. Oh, he's been on vacation or something. Yeah. All right. So we got Mr. Skin coming up today. Talking about all that is new in the world of celebrity nudity. Uh, let's see. Liz Hummer, formerly of LivePDX.com, will be uh, here today handling some news for us. We'll just embrace the awkward now. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week will be here, so that'll be fun. Uh, and by fun, I mean, uh, you know, uncomfortable. Uh, let's see, what else is coming up? Geek Watch coming up today. Snuff Watch coming up today. Uh, let's see, I have significant ideas for improving the state of the American economy, and I'm not kidding. I, got, I wrote this down last night. You know what this is? This right here on this little pink post-it note, this is the next step in the American process of improving our economic uh, status. Right here. It's an actual, real, concrete idea. This is a thing I'm... And here's because Rick Emerson cares... Because I have a finely tuned sense of social and civic responsibility. I'm going to give this idea to Lisa today. And then she can give it to now President uh, Barack Obama. And then he can begin putting us on the road to Wellville. You know, financially speaking. There you go. Right there. We'll get to that later on as well. Uh, let's see. That's it. And so, it's some other stuff to get to. Uh, I got a great Eddie Izzard story that I got to try to get to today. And if you know Eddie Izzard, you know that we're, I mean, we're big fans. So uh, I have a fantastic news story about Eddie Izzard. We'll get to that. Uh, let's see, uh, sort of irritating news if you're a Blade Runner fan, and if you are a uh, fan of World War Z and zombies, and I know you are, there really is one of the greatest pictures I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's on the net today, and I'll try to get it posted at rickemerson.com so you can see it. It is, it is the first round of concept art for the upcoming World War Z uh, movie. It's the film adaptation of Max Brooks's now classic novel, World War Z. It's been optioned uh, by Brad Pitt's production company, which I think is Plan B Productions. Uh, this is this unbelievably uh, righteous concept art. 
which is just sort of, uh, you know, it's just art that is just sort of to give to start getting a generalized sense of what certain scenes in the movie will look like. And this is actually concept art put together by a guy uh, to try to secure himself the job of art director. Anyway, the, the point is it's freaking cool. So I'll, I'll put it up at rickemerson.com later on. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. So we'll get to uh, all of that coming up today. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. Hello, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm excited for Lost tonight. All right. That's all I've been thinking about all morning. Now, are they doing How the same thing? Before we even talk about last night, are, you, are they doing the same thing with this season of Lost that they did? Like, is there all the online, like, puzzle-solving crap? And I don't know. Right now, I'm, no, no, they haven't yet. But right now, I'm in the happy haze with my, you know, abusive boyfriend that is Lost. Or, you know, because he goes away for, like, right. you know, months and months. And then but I he took you to, back, finally. But I pretend not to care. So right now, I, I can't really think of, you know, anything but how much I love him. So he was gone for a while. You don't know where he was or with whom he was gone. But yes, he and came. I swore that I would never go back to him. But I he... promised myself. But one day there was a knock at the door, and there he was. There he was, and I embraced him with open arms. Looking unshaven and tousled, but lovable. Mm-hmm. He's on Wednesdays now? It's on on Wednesdays. Wednesdays, 9 o'clock? Yeah, I right. think so. I, I don't know exactly what time it is. All right. So there you go. So Lost uh, tonight, which means we'll have another unbelievably confusing uh, Lost recap tomorrow. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that already. And then last night I spent uh, with my friend Jay because we're um, I'm the Portland Music Awards are this Thursday. And so he works uh, for the Willamette Week. Mm-hmm. Or, or Willamette, Willamette Week, week sir. Yeah. So uh, he asked me if I want to help him interview people in the green room. So it's like all these like fancy music industry people. So we're trying to piece it together. And I'm going to try and pretend like I know what I'm doing as I'm asking people, you know, out in front, like, who are you here to see tonight? Are you nominated for something? Excellent. Yeah, so I'm, that's what I've been my name. Here's the thing. So is it, are you going to be interviewing musicians? Yeah. Music, well, it's like awards for, like, best venue, best, you know, like, like independent acts, like classical acts. It's all, like, Portland, um, like, Portland people who are involved in the music scene. Right. Like, they have a Pioneer Award. Um, they have a Legend Award, and I think, like, Elliot Smith was nominated for it, and I, I know that um, maybe, I don't know, right. some of the people... Yeah, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. There's a little uh, a little handy go-to thing for me to you. It's like, Lara was going to Trivia Night. There's, she goes to some Trivia Night with her, with her friends, and I don't ever go because it's just the whole... Because trivia night just makes me disproportionately angry. Like that's why I can't go to her trivia evenings. Because it's like it always. It's, I think it, I think hers is at uh, the Moon and Sixpence or something. Mm. And it's and I just can't go because I take it way too seriously. I mean, everybody yeah. likes to win, but I get mad. Like I get and I become really angry. And I just and I and if people, I used to date something somebody who was obsessed with trivia who would go like every single night to like you know follow. Is there somebody around. I know? Um, yeah. Who? You can just say it. Oh, that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, in any event. No, but, no. I, but, but I mean, obsessed with it. But it wasn't ever fun to go with him because yeah. he would be like you. He would just get so mad. And even if... Um, our, I take it personally. Yeah. Even if our team would win, he'd be like... And he'd be the obnoxious guy who'd be like, um, wait, well, if they have like this, but it was misspelled, you know, does that still get... Is that half a point or a point? I'm just like... Welcome to but, my world. Yeah. It was so not fun to go with him. So Lara, fortunately, has other friends uh, and she takes them along to Trivia and I. But when she... But then she'll do this great thing. She'll go to trivia night and if she'll come home and usually they lose because I'm not there. I mean, I just got to call it what it is. But when she comes home, she'll always bring home two or three of the questions that they got wrong, and she will quiz me, and invariably I get them all right. Uh, and that's the, the that's the best of all possible worlds. When Lara comes home, she's like, I'm like, hey, honey, how how was trivia night, baby? Did you win? And she says, No, we lost. And I say, That's too bad. And she'll say, Look, okay. um... What was the name of the place where Jan Michael Vincent had Airwolf stored? And I'll say, The Lair. 
And she'll say, ah, if you'd been there, we would have won. And I'll say, yeah, I know. But see, that, that's the great. Then it's like I look as though I would just be leading the adventure every week, but I never have to prove it. Because mm. I'm, so, uh, I'm such a bastard about it that she won't take me. Um, so what was my point? Oh, but so when she leaves the house to go to trivia, I always arm her with a couple go-to answers. I'm like, look, when in doubt, here's a little piece of trivia for you. So when she went to trivia on Sunday, um, I think it was, I said, look, hey, you're walking out the door. Here's two things to remember. Ernest Borgnine was the studio's choice to play Don Corleone. And the nickname for the D-Day invasion, Operation Overlord. So it's like, you know, I'm just like, just take those with you, just in case it comes up. There you know. So I'm going to arm you, Sarah, uh, with some things for your music interest tonight. Okay. Okay. Should I, should I get a pen? Uh, yes. Yes. Right. So when you're talking to people, uh, these are people from the Northwest, presumably. So when you're talking to people from the Northwest, I'm going to give you a national thing. And I'm going to give you a local thing that you can reference to try to look. I mean, not that you don't know about music, but I'm saying you can look like a hipster. All right. Okay, I'm ready. Say, uh, you know, I think the uh, I think the Northwest band that really has never gotten their due is, uh, you know, that's 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 got to be the Sonics. And uh, you know, I, I think that uh, you know, had they survived, they really would have uh, they would have a substantial impact even now. They'd probably still be revolutionizing things. There you go, the Sonics. You just say that. And you know, here's the thing. They probably won't even know what you're talking about, but they'll nod and they'll go, that, no, that's should so true. Should I just true. make up a band name? Also, you should also do that. You okay. should also make up a band. That's even better than my second idea, which is just going to be to reference the Velvet Underground. Because if you ever want to impress hipsters, you just go, no, 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 blah, 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 Velvet Underground. Blah, 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 New York Dolls. And then am they... I ridiculous or am I stupid because I don't know anything about Velvet Underground except for the fact that you said Andy Warhol painting? That's the thing. You don't. All you really. And look, spare me the hate mail. I just don't care. Just get off my ass. I'm saying it preemptively. Here's the only thing you really need to know about the Velvet Underground is that the Velvet Underground had a big, like, uh, banana Warhol thing and that they were responsible for launching the career of Lou Reed, who went on to make better solo music. In your face, everybody. All right. Uh, so there you go. Blah, blah, blah. Velvet Underground. Blah, blah, blah. The Sonics. Okay. The All Sonics. Right. The Sonics. I've got it. All right. Uh, and so forth. All right. It's 503 We got a great... Do you want to quickly... I, I should save it for the visa read. Do you want to quickly read that email that you got last night? Yes. Yeah. Because I think I got the same thing. We got a fantastic... I, I don't even know what I did last night. I watched part of that Tom Savini did you, Friday the 13th Did you watch thing. what you promised to watch? No, 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 because I'm not done. Here's the thing, because I promised to watch... you were going to do the first disc. Yeah, I promised to watch Dave Walker's Black Santa's Revenge. Um, but the deal is I got that two-disc Friday the 13th documentary. And I'm going to watch disc one, then uh, take a break with Black Santa's Revenge, then disc two. I'm actually not done with disc one yet. Uh, I got a late start on it. So I got to finish that Friday the 13th documentary, because tomorrow on the show, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, among, among other folks, tomorrow we are going to talk to famed uh, horror movie makeup artist Tom Savini. Uh, who's a legendary guy in film circles, and, you know, nerds love him. So we're going to talk to Tom Savini tomorrow. Also tomorrow, Dan Hanico, uh from Powell's Books. He's uh, going to be counting down uh, the greatest, most classic trashy novels of all time. All right. But, uh, okay, what did, do you have the email from last night? I do indeed. All right, the subject is drunk, viso saving my life. What time did you get this? Uh, 1.51 a.m. Excellent. Friends, I'm wasted at ground control. Visa stars bringing me back to life. You guys are the best. Excellent. <laughs> Love See, Ben. Right there. That's what I'm talking about. All right, fantastic. Hello, oh, Richie Bristol. so good. 
Hello. How are you today? Good. Getting excited for bowling. I know. Our bowling league starts next week, too. Who's bowling league? Our media bowling league. I'm not doing this, am I? No. Okay. Remember, but Lara Thank did God. it with us last yeah, year. Oh, that's right. We're Team Cobra Whiskey. We were, we were the reigning champions. Was that just a year ago? That was a year ago. Wow, that seems like it was just five or six or eight years ago. That mm. seems like it was forever. Squid can't play, so we could be CBS now, right? Mm. Yeah, so we're actually going to be a, a full-on CBS team. Why can't Squid play? Uh, because he actually, um, good for him, he actually got a permanent night shift. Oh, over at the intercom. Yeah, so he oh, works good there. For you, Squid. Yeah, he works there from like 7 to 10, I think, and that's right. like exactly when we did. Yeah, there was all this awkwardness last year where Squid from KNRK wanted to be on our team, because why wouldn't you? And, uh, and he wanted to be on our team, well, and he's, then. He's a buddy of the show. But then we, and then we couldn't really call up the CBS team with, like, plus a guy from intercom. That didn't really work. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's 503 733 But this will be, um, be a little bit awkward, too. I'm kind of. I'm just gonna say it. Whatever. So remember the farmer. Oh yes. yeah. He wants to be on our team. So I haven't seen Your him. Your ex-boyfriend, the my, farmer. My ex-boyfriend, the farmer. So I met him last year at the media bowling league. So we could go find him. Why? Well, no, hold on. Let's stop. Your. This is not your. This is not the comedian. This is the farmer. This is the farmer. So the the farmer. So the farmer um, works in uh, promotions for another media. Does outlet. he work at Intercom? Yeah. Oh. Good for him. <laughs> so we were there. So that's how I met him last year was because our teams played, and I'm just like, oh, that guy's. Is great. he going to be on? He's going to be in the bowling league. Yes. Well, it's not like you never. I mean, look, it's not like he's going to be in your team, though. I thought you meant he was going to be in the team. No, but it's a very small bowling alley, and we haven't spoke. You know, like the the breakup was a little. Strange. I know when you break up with somebody, you move on. Yeah. I know you don't look back. There's no rearview mirror for Sarah Dillon. So that's why I'm a little. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a little nervous because you know you you spend. You know, like eight months trying to avoid an awkward right. situation, and then... Well, you got to embrace it. It happens a bit. I know. I'm going to be like, well, this is going to be happening once. Well, especially in Portland. I mean, in Portland, it's such a small town. I know. Ever... Yeah, the longer you're here, the more... Well, if you're me, the more ex-boyfriends you accumulate, and the more they're just sprinkled about everywhere. And that's the thing. And it's like... And I'm not talking about you specifically, but you and I have had this discussion. That in Portland, like... You know, for Portland, it's like a two degrees of who have you effed. I mean, oh, yeah. that's... I mean, you know, sometimes not even two degrees. I mean, that's just such a small... I mean, how many times have you and I talked to somebody? And it's a whole lot of, like, they're dating so-and-so who dated, like, somebody else that we know. And it's, like, it's just the smallest world. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what yeah. are you going to do? All right. Well, that'll be I know, fun. So that's just, like, that's the only thing. I'm, I'm really excited for bowling, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just a little nervous about that. But I'm, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Well, you know what? You know what? Baby, you moved on. You, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. You washed that man right out of your hair. No, I know, but, like... Just ignore him. I know. I just got an email from him like a couple weeks really? ago. Really? Just ignore that. Like, too. hey, you want to meet up for a drink? Here's the thing: you I'm should like, send back oh. a fake bounce message, like it didn't even arrive. No, because he's not a bad person. I just, you know, would rather be acquaintances or <laughs> friends or whatever you are. When you, you should actually just wear a shirt that says, "We're just friends. Don't talk to me." I'm tempted. <laughs> All right, there you go. And that would have multiple applications, let's be honest. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let's see. So what else? Well, so that's your awkwardness. Today I get the awkwardness of Kelly Clark. So That's true. So did you ever figure out if you had groped her on the no, air? No, no, no. Apparently I didn't. Somebody watched Outlook Portland this last Sunday, and they said that I did not, in fact, touch uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Weekend anyway. So there you go. I don't know. I think we're going to have to watch that again. Great. That's, let's let's be sure to ask her about it endlessly. And be sure Maybe to... you can touch her while she's in here, and you can uh, ask her if it brings back any I'm not. Pl- why, why would you ever say that? Why would that phrase ever come out of your mouth, you awful person? You know what you should Just do? To make you more uncomfortable. Like eight or nine hundred times while she's here, why don't you uh, make reference again to the fact that she's, quote, my type? Okay. I'm going to do that. Do you want uh, me to? No. No, I don't. <laughs> um, okay, but I'm going to read this. Remember how I said I had great news today? Because, look, let's be honest. Economy in the, in the drain. Boy, I was watching, uh, what was I watching last night? Anderson Cooper. But you know on your TiVo, how sometimes you'll start watching a pre-recorded show on your TiVo, and you get, like, the last three seconds of what was on the other channel before the TiVo changed channels to start recording. Uh-huh. And I don't know what the other channel was, 
But my TiVo started recording just as it was changing channels to CNN to begin taping Anderson Cooper 360. I don't know what the program it was on earlier was, but I swear to God, this is, this is the only sentence I heard from whatever the other show was. And, of course, the economy continues to go down the drain. I almost pulled the audio to bring in and play. That's all that I caught of whatever this other show was. It just, and you know, the economy is going down the drain. So there you go. But, so, the economy going down the drain, uh, what else? Yeah, you know, it continues to be, uh, it's cold outside, uh, you know, the environment's going bad, everybody's getting the cancer. So, life is generally just a series of down endings, as Dante Hex would say. Just a series of disappointments, a series of having, you know, just one dream denied after another, having all of your expectations dashed and blunted. So, I mean, it can be a depressing place. Uh, sometimes you need something to cheer you up. Sometimes you need something that'll put a little ray of sunshine into your heart. To, as Bill Murray might sing, put a little love in your heart. I got that right here. Okay. A couple who listens to the show has named their new baby after me. Oh, good Lord. I have here. Oh, no. Subject line, Rick, meet your namesake. And then there's a photo of a small child. I won't give the, uh... I won't give the, the last name, of course. Ew, Richie. It says, Rick, about seven months ago, you were complaining that nobody had ever named their child after you. Well, I was three months pregnant at the time, and I happened to be looking for a name. The name Emerson piqued my interest, and I emailed you to let you know that I'd be bringing it up to my husband that evening. See, and I occasionally people will say something like that, but I always think it's just to sort of placate me. Like, it's just to sort of stop me from whining. So I'd be bringing it up to my husband that evening. Well, here you go, Rick. And this is, uh, what is this, seven months ago? It says, here you go. Here is a, and I won't use their last name, but it says, here is a photo of Emerson Ava Blank. Emerson Ava Blank. And then it's signed, Emerson's mom and dad, Desi and Mike. Mm -hmm. And then right here, here's a photo of Emerson Ava Blank. Look at that. Let me see. There's a, uh. Oh, that baby's too cute to be That named is a Emerson. baby girl named after me. In your face, everybody oh, was not me. Okay, a girl with the name Emerson is pretty cool. Bam! That's what I'm talking about right there. That's my little... Uh, How could you be more self-involved? If they named a child after me, what am I supposed to do? Not be happy? Am I supposed to not be grateful? Sarah, why do you maybe hate their bring, baby? Maybe they can bring Emerson in so you can kiss her on the forehead. Don't hate children. <laughs> why do you have to ruin their moment of happiness, Sarah Dillon? So this is... You know what it is? And this is great because it's my little bender-bending Rodriguez moment. Uh, it is my bender from Futurama, the, you know, now I am one step closer to immortality. Now I just need to have a serial killer named after me. Like, that's, so there you go. That is a damn killer. I'm going to get a giant photo of that baby, and I'm going to put it in my office. And then I'm going to frame this letter, uh, and I'm going to wrap it in 24-karat uh, gold leaf, and I'm going to hang it behind my desk so that everyone can look at it. Because they named a baby after me. No one's named a baby after you. Maybe they have, and I just don't brag about it. Well, there was that baby named Dylan Riley. Which which I think they had later claimed was a coincidence, but that's what prompted me to complain that nobody ever named a baby Emerson Rick, or whatever. Uh, but now, a baby named after me, Rick Emerson. That's right. It's a magical day. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, back after this with Lisa Desjardins. Go anywhere. It's the, uh, don't go anywhere. It's Rick Emerson. We'll be back after this. Emerson Radio Program. By the way, uh, it's just uh, confidential to nerds everywhere. So just as we were coming back here, Sarah said, apropos of nothing, hey, I have not one but two D20s in my purse. 
they're just rolling around in there. I keep thinking about like. <laughs> also, by the way, getting your nails done today is a bad idea because aren't you bowling tomorrow? No, I'm bowling Monday. Mm. How long do those nails last? I mean, when you're not bowling. Um, well, I'm probably just going to get them done, I don't know, this one time. Yeah, that seems well, like a bad Well, because I last year, I had them done, because I'll usually do them, like, once a year. I'll usually do them, like, during the winter and get, like, the fake nails for a couple months. All right. Are these and the fake nails that I eventually then had in a bag upstairs yes. on my desk? Yes, right. those ones. Hey, did I mention that somebody named a baby after me? Yeah, you did many right. times. Uh, Maybe yes. you can tell Lisa about it, too. Oh, I'm going to be telling everybody about it. I probably she'll be impressed. Five or six times. Very quickly here, uh, as we move forward, let me remind you uh, that, uh, what is today? Today's the 27th? Yes? 7th? I don't really know. Well, the point is that Valentine's Day is coming up quickly, and let's just be honest, you and I, if you don't plan, you're going to get hosed, uh, and, and not in a good way. Uh, so something bad is going to happen to you, and you will be uh, you will be punished and made to suffer uh, an excruciating fate. So really, what you ought to be doing is go to 970.am right now and look for the Half Off Portland uh, banner, which is on the uh, left side, about halfway down the Half Off Portland banner at 970.am. A.M. Uh, while you're there, you can find half-off specials at uh, great places like, well, for example, the Oregon Humane Society. Also, uh, Jack's, which is a fantastic restaurant downtown. Mark Spencer Hotel, the Clinton Street Theater, among other places. So go to 970.am. Look for the Portland half-off uh, banner, left side, halfway down. And uh, really, just try to increase the odds that you're, you're not going to end up uh, like sleeping in like the back of the car uh, this Valentine's Day. Just FYI. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN Radio Correspondent to the Stars, Lisa Desjardins, I think. That's right. Hello, Lisa. How are you today? Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, how was your, uh, your morning? It, it has been a crazy little morning over here at Capitol Hill. Everybody's picking apart this $800 billion economic uh, whatever you want to call it. Some people say recovery plan. Some people say bailout. Some whatever. It's right. the $800 billion plan to right. save the economy. But did I mention that some listeners named a baby after me? No, that's fantastic. It's complete. Yes, it is, Lisa. See, thank you for being the first person today to acknowledge the greatness of this event and not being filled with scorn and envy. <laughs> that is great. Um, I say those things when I'm off the mic so I can't say anything as I'm over here working on news stories. Yeah, I never said I was talking like, about you. Yeah, as you're glaring at me. Uh, that wasn't a glare. Was, uh, okay, you know, is this, is this a double naming shot? Is it a Rick? Is it an Emerson? No, it's just Emerson. Uh, and it's, it's a girl. Isn't that cute? Oh, I think that's real. That's a really, actually, that's a cool name. Of course it is. Uh, oh, oh, geez, I don't know. I'm just saying, let me just... Uh, I'm dialing them back now. Uh, let's see. I won't give the last name, but uh, yeah, and they've sent along a photo, which I, I sent them an email and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to mention this. Uh, let me know if you, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be like sticking the kid's picture up or something like that without their permission, but it's, uh, but it's uh, Emerson Ava Blank is her name. And uh, I have to say that, of course, uh, as befits a child named after me, uh, she is adorable. So, And I can see that she's intelligent. What does the last name start with? Uh, the last name starts with N. Okay. I'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So uh, there you go. I think you know, there's a lot of words that could be spelled by those initials yeah. or a couple. Are you already looking for anagrams or? I was already doing the yeah. I was always doing the ear e. Yeah, there was you know. I, and I guess it's a, but a v a, which is that Ava or Ava. Well, whatever. I would think. Yeah, I think. Uh, listen, wasn't you going going a little? Uh, you know, that Schubert, little Ave Maria. Well, that's see, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking Ave Maria. Good for you. Uh, so I, I got something to suggest, but before okay. we do anything else, so, uh, oh, where, we got to do this, right? Where are we at time wise here? It's just a mess today, but yeah, but I, I'm okay. I'm okay for probably a good, uh, good, good five. Okay. Good five. All right. So. Uh, well, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about this morning. So, uh, please do explain now the craziness and uh, what it means to me, the average American. 
the wait. Say that again. We were. T- I know it's a crazy. Uh, it's a crazy morning this morning. No, you said I because thought, of this. I thought you were about to s- tell me your idea. No, no, no. I'll save the idea to the end. That's the sort of the idea at the end is the carrot okay. at the end of the stick. Okay, got it. Sorry, sorry. I should just. I just need to follow. Got it. Um, yeah, the, the the craziness. The this eight hundred billion dollar bill that is uh, intended to create massive jobs. It, it really is quite a pile of stuff, and and I think Republicans are having a very fun time picking it apart, pointing to a couple hundred million dollars to you know put new grass on the National Mall. Uh, there's a 400 million in there for NASA to work on global warming. You know, these are a lot of things that people say that, especially Democrats say, are very are important ideas for the future. But Republicans are questioning whether they really would build jobs. And indeed, if you look at the stack of stuff that's in this bill. You, you, a lot of it you can't argue is good, but a lot of it is stuff that Democrats have been trying to get money for for years. Right. And now it's like they've got a chance. They've got this huge bill, and they're just going to throw a bunch of – there's, a, you know, a billion dollars to run some more censuses, you know, in there, which, you know, that's part-time work for people. But it's just stuff Democrats have been wanting to do for a long time. It seems like censuses ought to be sensei. Great. That was that was a really funny laugh I just had. I almost like sneezed and laughed. Yes, that would be great. You can tell how my brain works, by the way, because that's really the only thing that I, I had to say about this entire. <laughs> it should be sensei. Yeah, I mean, the, the sentences just sounds wrong. It just doesn't. It just seems like a thing that's not. It does sound wrong, and I almost didn't. I almost didn't bring that up because I was nervous about saying it. Well, I'm just saying, like, why? Well, first of all, why would census be censuses when cactus is cactus uh, is cacti? You're, yeah. Octopus, octopi. Census, census. From now on, I'm calling it sensei. That's it. I'm making the rule. I and I. We determined yesterday, by the way, that look at. I barely, uh, I barely know how to use chairs properly, but uh, that I have a better grasp of the English language than some of the major uh, major media outlets here in Portland. So I'm just going to appoint myself a grand dictator of all grammatical disputes in this world from now on. It's, okay. it's on me. So. Okay. Uh, all right. Is there? I mean, and I don't. I, I, and I don't ask this dismissively or whatever, but is there anything else going on? Because I just I've lost track of it. There's so much stuff right now that there is so much stuff going on. I mean, it, it really is. I think I think I'm just going to keep keep focused on this on this huge spending bill. There is a lot of other stuff going on. There are um, confirmation hearings still happening. Uh, we've got a lot of eyes watching the various cabinet agencies. There's a lot going on internationally right now with the Obama administration. But the main thing in Washington is this what may be the largest spending bill ever passed at this point in a Congress mm. or a presidency. Okay, I have a great idea for helping the economy, and, this, great. and I'm not making that up. I'm not kidding. Great. I have a great idea. This could help the economy. It's actual real change and progress. Uh, it actually would have a demonstrable uh, impact. It would save us. I would say on the conservative side, I am guessing that this would save us probably tens of millions of dollars, like right out of the gate, and over time, over time, it would save us billions of dollars. Um, also, everything is in place to do it, more or less. The infrastructure is already in place for this. Uh, and, and this is and not one of my gag ideas that I say because I think it's kooky. Uh, I have, do you want to know what it is? Yes, I do, I do, I do. Written down right here. Okay. We need to just get rid of the dollar bill and go to the dollar coin, period. End of story, right now, today. Wow. And Obama just needs to do it by executive order. Oh, uh, I've already got a reason why not, and I hate that. Uh, why? Why? <laughs> Wallets. <laughs> you got a purse? What a wallet! You don't you have like a handbag or some I don't such. Want to be that carrying around a bunch of dollar coins all the time. You already carry around a bunch of. Well, first of all, like I would imagine this would be my wager that you probably don't carry around a lot of dollar bills right now because nothing costs a dollar. 
I mean, everything costs. Uh, I don't really. Yeah, I don't. I don't have cash. Jason carries around a lot of dollar bills. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's kind of funny that I said that. That's. Um, I mean, that's sort of. I mean, that's a. That's an aesthetic reason, I guess, more than anything else. Maybe. But think of the money that we would save because you know a dollar, like a typical dollar bill. I think they said only lasts like seven months in circulation. Then you got to take it back, collect it, shred it, burn it, uh, right. and print new ones and distribute new ones. And meanwhile, a coin will last for some. I mean, the coins now. You look in your pocket. You got a quarter from 1960. Uh, you make a coin, it effectively lasts forever. Uh, the change purse, it just seems like it's going to be a real... Is this really the biggest The biggest uh, the problem we can come up with is the idea is the biggest objection is that, well, my pockets. But like, wait, you're, you know, you're going out, you're going out at night, you want to bring some change for the for a tip? I'm just saying, yeah. um, other countries, I think, have probably already embraced this. But, I think this is like the metric system where we're like, we're yeah. lagging behind. If you say, so the $5 and the $10, uh, you know monetary, uh, whatever we make, would be, also would be bills, right? Well, I mean, if you wanted to, you could actually start at the opposite end of the spectrum to ease people into this, because you got to figure, let's say, I would imagine, this would be my guess, that the most frequently used bill is the five. That's just a guess. I have no data and to support 20 that. 20 seems pretty, pretty big, too. So maybe you start with the, the 20. ATMs, you always get 20. Maybe you start with the 20. You start with the $20 coin. You get rid of the $20 bill, like now, today, done, it's gone. Uh -huh. And we've already got the machinery in place because we're already making dollar coins. Like I'm going to be losing. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't. I don't I'm. Ske I'm skeptical. You know what? It's an economic crisis, Lisa. Everybody's got to sacrifice. <laughs> so if Jason, I'm sorry, but if Jason has to put more, like a little more weight in his pants, so to speak, <laughs> uh, then he's just going to have to go with that because you know what? It, this is a recession, and everybody's got to uh, tighten their belts. Wow, there are so many listeners like thinking of possible pun lines. Yeah, I know. Right now, but I'm telling you, there's. Uh, it, 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 that's an actual, real, tangible thing that we could do. Again, the machinery and the infrastructure are already in place because we're already using dollar coins. All you have to do is, as this next batch of dollar bills comes in, you just shred them and you burn them or you do whatever they do, and then you don't replace them, and you just crank out a few more dollar coins, and we are good to go. And it saves us. I, I would be curious to know, but I suspect that right out of the gate, that saves us a couple million a year, at least, mm. at least. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, never say that Rick Emerson didn't try to be a part of the solution. <laughs> well, I don't just sit here and inspire people to name children. That's I, I, have, I have other things that I do. You know. <laughs> It's, it's impressive. I, I I applaud I applaud your uh, you know. Uh, you don't applaud. I, and then, you know you know it is it's a, it's a golf applaud. That's what it Are is. You, now did this did this happen as a result of now um, Emerson Ava being in the world? Are you now thinking of what kind of a world do I want for Emerson <sighs> Ava? No, but I'm immediately going to start doing that. See now I can be one of those uh, now I can be one of those irritating people yes. that doesn't care about how life is for like you know me, but they're always concerned about theoretical people that Our will someday exist. It's all about the children and also the grandchildren. But see that the grandchildren thing just bugs me because it, for the most part you're talking about people that aren't actually even alive at this point. <laughs> they are just theoretical. They are they are hypothetical humans. What about people who may someday live? Maybe. You know, because Congress continually, we I've heard this a million times just today, this is money that, this is our children's future we're spending. Our children are going to have to spend this money. And I keep thinking, no, actually, that's my money. Yeah. That's really, that's me. You know what? And, and our children can get a job just like I had to get. Your grandchildren, they can work too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying. This is a whole new avenue of thought. You can... Oh. Emerson Ava's world. All right. To see now, and, and you know, now when anybody says, well, Rick, do you, this is always when I'm complaining about something, and then some somebody will call up, and they will try to invalidate my, my opinion by saying, well, Rick, you don't have kids, so let me, t and I'll say, you know, no, I have, I, I sort of have a kid, <laughs> kind of, I have, a little bit. Right.
Um, all right. Yeah. You. It seems like you probably have to skedaddle. I do. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. Uh, I'll give you the other great idea tomorrow. Oh, okay. Hey, great. All awesome. right. Uh, on that note, have a fantastic day. Okay, you too. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins. There you go. Hello, Sarah. Hello. How are you today? Oh, I'm fabulous. I just finished sorting all the stories. There's no like better feeling to me after I make those perfect little piles of news stories and separate them. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Is it is the greatest feeling ever. So it's like I'll put them everything in its place, like I separate funny stories, serious stories, watches. And a then, place for everything and everything in its place. And they're place. all lined up and like layered. And you know, I and tell you, it's like I'm I'm kind of crazy because that is like. Awesome. Oh no no no! It's I mean, and you're not as freakishly anal about it as like Tom Parker is with his labeling the margins. But you see now why every day after the show, the first thing I do is I organize everything that I brought in because over the course of the show, all my stuff gets spread out all oh, over no. the counter. It always looks like something exploded around you. And then at the end, though, it all they all go back into discrete piles and then they get uh, organized again. So why are our phone lines packed? It's because uh, we're awesome. It's, it's because we rule, Sarah. Of course, it's because we're awesome. <laughs> I mean, hi, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? I was calling to make a valid point about the strippers, but I already, while on hold, I already figured that out. So never mind. What do you mean about the strippers? If you're getting rid of the dollar bills, what are they going to do? Oh, I think you know. <laughs> you can just well, chuck coins. I already coins. figured it out. Then they can just buy, like, coupons at the, from the bouncer. And oh, I was thinking something else, but okay. Yes. Well, or or that. Yeah, or that. Okay. Anyways, okay, bye. All right, there you go. Uh, there was this place. Someone was telling me. I can't remember who told me this story. At a strip club where they you couldn't tip the strippers dollars, so instead they gave you tokens. So like you you turn in like your money right. for tokens, so you could set the tokens up. And uh, some bastard who I was talking to, I can't remember, they'd say how they'd get a, like a ton of tokens and they'd chuck them at the strippers. Really? While okay. they were shaking the cakes. Uh, so I mean, he's like, well, what are the strippers going to do? I mean, look at a certain point. I mean, it's like. Uh... You know, it's like one of those inspirational speakers who has to brush his teeth with, you know, he has to pick up the toothbrush with his toes. It's just like that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, I was just going to say real quick, Canada already does dollar and two dollar coins. They've basically eliminated the dollar bill. And I bet it saved them like 10 billion whatevers they oh, spend it there a year. Money. Yeah. Well, especially for their money because they've got all the silly colors on stuff on there. Costs a little more to print. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't want to change that. You know what? Just suck it up. If something's going to change. Do it, then so can we. You can't vote for a guy. This is the point I should have made to Lisa. You can't vote for a guy who is running on the change platform and then, like, oh. object to any actual changes that he makes. Or change. And I'm going to skip the whole change. See, I wasn't going to make the change pun, but well done. All right. But you could probably do that. They could, I promised America real change. And by change, I mean this. Jingle, jingle. Big thing of dollar coins. There you go. Change for change. Uh, something All right, thank you. Bye. Change for change. I'm just saying, you can't vote for a guy who says he's going to change everything. And then as soon as he goes, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to change something. No, no, no. I don't want anything to actually change. Just uh, I wanted the theoretical change. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I don't like the idea of the dollar coin, but I like the $20 coin. I think it should be like the size of a plate and about two inches thick with like a rectangle cut out in the middle. I think you're missing the point of the, well, okay. I guess we'd have a thriving new industry in oversized change purses. It'd be awesome, and you'd carry them around on a rope. But then um, the $1 coin, though, you'd have zero respect for it. I mean, it's like in, uh, when you go to England, the pound, you just, you just spend it like it's a quarter all the time. Wait, so I don't understand. So, you're, so the argument against the dollar coin is that we would, it would seem like less, so you'd spend it a lot. Oh, yeah. You tip somebody, oh, here's three coins. Well, that's and so much like, better for the, how much better for the economy would that be? 
The economy is about infusing things with cash, sir. Okay. The economy isn't helped by you putting everything in a jar at home. Yeah, I like the jar, but I, I think about the twenty dollar coin. All right, I'd be uh, see, I'd be I'd be okay with. All right, thank you. I'd be okay with work starting with a twenty dollar coin to. I wouldn't like a twenty dollar coin because I know how often I lose things, and I would rather lose a one dollar one dollar coin than a twenty. That's my argument. And when I lived in London, um, it's awesome to have pounds. It's like have just have a coin, you know, totally equal. Well, not equal a dollar, but you know, like be. And you know what? It's just one pound. Here's the other thing: if you go to a dollar a dollar coin, you know what else that would eliminate? Think of how many hours of your life. You have spent in front of a vending machine trying to get it to take some wrinkled-ass dollar bill. Yeah. Zzz, zzz. Ah, damn it. Zzz, zzz. Uh, maybe I need to turn it around. Zzz, zzz. Huh. Maybe I need to turn it over. Zzz, zzz, zzz. Maybe I need to turn it over and around. Zzz, zzz. Maybe I need to do that thing of where I, like, rub it on the edge of the machine like I'm starting a fire. Zzz, zzz. No, that doesn't work. Dollar coin? Give me my viso. I'm done. That's it. Um... And and by the way, the argument that the that the dollar coin is bad because then Americans will just start spending them irresponsibly because we because we've done so well with spending paper money responsibly. Yes. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Did you see that the house failed the digital TV? So Americans going to have to get off their fat lazy asses and actually do something by February 17th? No, I, I'm. Oh, you mean the extension? Yeah, it failed the house just re, just like in the last hour. Oh, excellent, fantastic! So now uh, we're now we're back to February seventeenth being the cutoff date. That is correct. All right. Well, see, there you go. And see, the the thing is, I don't worry about that. Like, I don't worry about uh, about people not getting off their asses to go get their TV taken care of because there's not a lot that'll motivate Americans. Like most people, most Americans won't even go to the mailbox to vote. But if your TV gets taken away, Americans will do whatever it takes to restore their television service. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, this email is about you bowling uh, with the farmer uh, or near the farmer. It says, Rick, about Sarah's ex-boyfriends. The farmer, the comedian. Is Sarah slowly working her way through every possible occupation? Perhaps her former boyfriend should really band together to form some sort of village people type group. Bannon went at you. All right. It does kind of sound like a village people kind of thing. Yeah. And then he signs it, P.A.S. In, ca- in case she wants to add the carpenter to the list, I am available. All right, there you go. Uh, let's oh, see here. Um, let's see. Zombies. Um, zombies. Zombies. I got all this. this I got like a million people uh, sending me the uh, sending me the zombie story from I think Texas. Uh, so I'll. Uh, the zombie story. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. And no. And what Sarah said about coins and strippers was, uh, chuck coins at them. Not that's a confidential to this guy who I won't identify. He thought you said something else. He thought you were basically referring to uh, the strippers as being a big coin slot. Oh no, no. it was Chuck and at, uh, not uh, shove and uh, another word. All right, uh, and uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick, this What's is Stephen the Coop. Hello, sir. Hey, I just wanted to uh, let you know how I'm just selflessly pandering to your show for everybody in the Coop. Uh, uh, me and a buddy of mine are running the karaoke at Mojo's on Main Street, and it, most of the nights that we do that, we are standing up on stage wearing our AM970 shirts. Excellent. You're and a good person, sir. Thank you. That would be uh, Sunday through Wednesday. All right, hold on. What is the name of the club? Mojo's. Mojo's, uh, and it's uh, in, in, in central Vancouver? It's in or? downtown Vancouver on McLaughlin and Main Street. I hear that there are a lot of good places in downtown There are, Vancouver. Sarah. What, what there are, are, uh, Sarah, last night I was at uh, uh, Dublin Downs. Did you go and there? How awesome is that yeah. place? 
and we were we were talking about you, me and the owner. And can I can I say by the way uh, that this is uh, this is how great uh, the, the audience is because now. So you call up to talk about it. You're running the karaoke night at Mojo's, and you guys are up there with your A970 shirts because you're That's good right. people. But then, what do you immediately know to do? You reference the fact that you actually the other night were at the Dublin Down, one of our fine sponsors. Yeah. See, how yeah, cool is the owner? How cool is Brandon, huh? Oh, dude, he's awesome. Yeah, he's super rad. You know what? Uh, he's he's had all kinds of good things to say about you. And everybody's on the same page here. That's what I. Like. That's right. And there there are other listeners that go to Mojo's and some of the other local establishments that awesome. I frequent. Well, thank you for listening, sir. We appreciate the support, my friend. Oh yeah, and you might remember me as the Monty Python guy also. Of course. And All right. The, and uh, okay. Thank you. There you go. There's uh, there's that guy. That is Steve in the Goof. All right. There you go. Uh, Gosh, the phones just keep on ringing. Well, it's because we keep being entertaining, Sarah. Sometimes we. <laughs> okay. It's not. I mean, we just we can't control it. I mean, who? I guess we could try to be dull. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, this is Bob. Yes. Hello. Hey, I want to talk about what uh, Lisa had said. She said that it's it's my money. It's not our children's money. It's not our grandchildren's yes, money. It's true. We have a credit card with uh, China and a whole bunch of other big com- countries, and I mean, we're having to pay them our interest on this huge amount of money that we keep borrowing. I mean, this is another almost trillion dollars added to our natural national debt. Yes. The best we've ever done is I think fifty billion dollars a year under Clinton, paying it off. Yes. And I mean, at fifty billion dollars a year, how many you know centuries is that going to take us? Oh, so, you know, your, so your even point if is we don't add anything to it. Your point is, it's not even really the grandchildren's money. I mean, it would be like our great, 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 great grandchildren's money, and that's if we started getting our act together today. Yeah. Well, that's I a mean, good point. yeah. If if we put all of our tax money that we give directly into the national debt and didn't spend it on anything else. It would still take years and years to pay it off, you know, even I, if we got nothing out of it. I think it was actually, I think it might have been Dennis Miller who actually made this point. It was one of those things that he says, and you just kind of, like, it resonates with you in such a strong way that you then have to sort of exa- examine who you are as a person. Because he was, uh, it, I think it was when he was at, uh, I think it was when we went to see him at Spear Mountain Casino, and Dennis Miller was talking about, you know, so we got this, you know, we got this, like, national debt where we, you know, he's like, we owe, we owe all of this money to, like, China and other countries. He goes, why don't we just not pay it? And I thought, well, you know, there's something to be said for that. Why don't we just say, uh, no, no, we're not going to pay that. All right, thanks well, anyway. They just buy bonds from us. So, I mean, we have to pay off our bonds. Yeah, but, I mean, can't we just, like, can't China say, like, you know, you, you owe China $9 trillion, and then we go, well, we're not going to pay. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do, really? I mean, it's not like they're going to come bomb us. They're going to stop selling stuff to us. Yeah, I but, mean, I mean, but, then we, but wouldn't we still be better off because we'd be starting at least at zero? You know what I mean? We don't make anything here, though. Ah, I mean, but then try we would, and buy a T-shirt when they're not selling it to but you. But then we would have... See, it's a win-win, sir. Then we would have to start making everything here, and it would kickstart the American economy. It, it totally would. I agree with you there. Excellent. It just It's the lag time. All right. Well, I'm right now, I'm just saying, I'll build me a bunker so I can wait out the awkward in-between period. Uh, we just tell China to, uh, you know, to, just to eat a full bag and that we're not going to pay it. And, uh, you know, I'll come out in like 30 years when the economy's going again. Sounds good. Excellent. Glad they don't have a navy or anything. All right, here you go. Thanks so much. Do they? Does the China? Do the Chinese have a navy? I don't know. Why did I ask you that just now? There was, there was no point. <laughs> I, no I, point I, for I appreciate that. you thinking that I might know. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to take a break. Uh, more calls. Uh, so we'll get the, your calls around the corner. Uh, let's see. Liz Hummer uh, is going to be in the studio. Let's see what else. Later on, Peter Carlin's going to join us. Also, uh, Jim Roop, Steve Kastenbaum, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere.
My hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, by the way, you go to rickemerson.com. Uh, right now, you can see this concept art for the film adaptation of World War Z uh, that I have uh, posted. Let's see, I'm going to make sure that it's actually working. Yeah, it's right here. So I got it like a thousand people sent this to me this morning, and it's fan-freaking-tastic. I mean, it's one of the best things I've seen in forever. Um, and it was loading really slowly this morning because, you know, uh, lightning fast uh, CBS Internet connection. And so uh, it was taking forever to load, so I just... I don't know. I like I, I clicked away and did something, else, did something else. I came back and I looked at it, and so I get to see it all at once, and it really is unbelievably cool. I mean, um, if you are a fan of the book World War Z by Max Brooks, which has been optioned by Brad Pitt to make it into a, into a movie, and it's going to be scripted or has been scripted by that Straczynski guy from Babylon Five. Anyway, the point is, one of the centerpieces of World War Z, the book and presumably the movie, is the Battle of Yonkers, and uh, so there's this concept art that this guy Daniel Lovisi has posted. And it was concept art that he submitted to the studio to try to get the gig uh, of, like, art director uh, or whatever. Anyway, so you go to uh, rickemerson.com, you click on it. It is uh, it's pretty uh, pretty fantastic is what it is. Uh, also, one more. Got a zombie story to get to here. And then we'll uh, go to the news desk. We'll talk to our good friend uh, Liz Hummer, who's feeling bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. She's feeling super today. <laughs> Should we talk really loudly? Maybe she'd like some sauerkraut. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, so I'm just going to read this really quickly. <clears throat> and then we've got more phone calls to get to. I completely forgot we got uh, Peter Carlin and Kelly Clark and Jim Roop and Steve Castle. I really don't even need to be here today. I mean, I could just pop in every now and again and go like, baby, baby, zombies, zombies, dollar coin, zombies, whatever. And then I would just go home. I'm just going to read you this one thing and then we'll move forward. This is from, let's see, this is from the Fox News affiliate in someplace, Texas, Houston, I think. Anyway, so it's from foxnews.com. Uh, the headline is, Hackers Crack into Texas war, uh, Road Sign, Warn of Zombies, by Joshua Miller, writing for Fox News. Transportation officials in Texas are scrambling to prevent hackers from changing messages on digital road signs after one sign in Austin was altered to read, Zombies Ahead. <laughs> and you know the road sign I'm talking about. That's it's amazing. That big-ass... Uh, electronic sign and it's in the bright yellow letters that mm -hmm. light up and it's like you know construction like, like they have them on I five or just like you know accident you know I five southbound exactly yeah. and they got a picture of it right here and it just says zombies ahead. Uh, Chris Lippincott, director of media relations for the Texas Department of Transportation, confirmed that a portable traffic sign at Lamar Boulevard in West 15th, which is in Austin, Texas, was hacked into. He says it was clever, kind of cute, but not what it was intended for. Said the joyless Lippincott, who doesn't know how to live. He saw the sign, um, let's see, during his morning commute. <laughs> he said, these signs are deployed for a reason, to improve traffic conditions. Let... That's just wrong, first of all. When they say these signs are there to improve, maybe that's what they're presumably for, but that's not the, that is not the net effect. The net effect of the signs is just to piss you off. That's all, because there's never anything you can do anything about. I mean, every time you've gone, like, on I-5, several was pointing this out. they got one of these signs, and it's always, you know, sporadic construction and, like, raining toads. Next half mile, slowdowns expected. Like, there's, the upshot of that is, is that you're just going to be annoyed and there's nothing you can do about it. There is no practical use for that kind of information. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Killjoy Lippincott continued by saying, It is sort of amusing, but not at all helpful. Tampering with portable road signs is illegal and potentially dangerous to drivers. It is a misdemeanor in Texas. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to think if I saw zombies ahead. Seriously, I mean, look, these are stressful times. We could all use some amusement during the afternoon mm -hmm. commute. It might keep you from shooting somebody. Um, with penalties ranging, uh, ranging from fines to potential jail time, 
And uh, so there you go. Um, blah, blah, blah. I don't think they have anything. I mean, that, that really is the bulk of the, uh, that, that really is sort of the, the money section of this. It's really all worth it, though, for this sign that says zombies ahead. That's quite something. All right. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Hey, didn't you have, maybe this is one of those things that we should pretend that we didn't talk about earlier, so it sounds organic and whatever, but didn't you have some road rage thing happen to you yes. yesterday? <laughs> yes. Well, it was just like, like a parade of dumbasses on the road yesterday. It always is. And when I was driving home from work, so I got a message from uh, my friend Joey, who's at Timber Joe and for the Portland Timbers. And he's just like, he wrote, hey, Sarah, I had a rough weekend. My bar was kind of a mess this Saturday and Sunday. I fell, I fell down and I bruised and sore. Then everything changed after I walked to a bus stop on the corner of 37th and Hawthorne while waiting. I noticed an idiot trying to turn left at the traffic light. There were a couple of cars honking and then one pulled out crazily out of line and went around. I noticed a young lady with multicolored hair screaming into her own window at the turning car. <laughs> <laughs> like it made me laugh. It might not have been you, but don't tell me if it was because I find it funnier. Was it totally you? It was completely me. I remember that. Oh, that person on 37th right in front of the Baghdad, they were right. trying to make a left. Right. You can't do that. And you can't do that. And I was so mad. So I like, whipped around them. And I guess All I right. Now, to be fair, though, what is that about that you can't? Like, Hawthorne is like Burnside in that regard. And there's all these streets where they just can't turn for no reason. I mean, what is the logic behind barring right or left-hand well, turns at certain roads there? Hawthorne's so congested anyway. Mm. It would just make traffic even more. I mean, you see how, like, even that road before Ben and Jerry, some people, you know, have a left turn signal on it. Yeah. It's like two blocks. Okay, but you know what they ought to do? Here's, again, Rick Emerson solving problems left and right. Did I mention that somebody named a baby after me? Yeah. It's because of this brilliance uh, that such things happen. Here's what they need to do. They need to do on Hawthorne the same thing they do on downtown Burnside, like by uh, the Crystal and Everyday Music. The, what they ought to do, I'm not going to get myself all cranked up about the Burnside thing. I'm just going to say, as has been observed many, many times on this program, Burnside is one of the most badly designed streets I have ever encountered in my life. Because, seriously, if you miss, like, the one chance, if you are going uh, whatever the hell direction that is, what, I guess it would be uh, uh, north, something? Whatever, like if you're going up Burnside toward the Crystal from downtown, whatever direction. That's that west. Is. West. <laughs> so if you're going west on Burnside, if you miss like the one left-hand turn street, you are screwed. You got to totally drive like screwed. three miles before you can turn left again. Well, you always just have to just take a right and then a left, and you know, and then a left. So you have to kind of go around Powell's. Which is resulting in further congestion because then it's a bunch of jackasses trying to drive. Like, and by and jackasses, I mean me, mm-hmm. driving in some weird circuitous fashion trying to get where they're going because they couldn't just turn left. So what they ought to do on Burnside, as the last I'll say about it, is the same thing they ought to do on Hawthorne. Those rules about how you can't turn left across traffic or like at the Ben and Jerry's thing because it's going to cause congestion, that should be uh, that should be an only until like 9 p.m. rule. And between 9 p.m. and let's say 8 a.m., you ought to be able to turn anyway in any street. It ought to just say no left-hand turn. Uh, it should say no left-hand turn 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Done. Period. And there you go. And it would, I mean, it would probably even be worth it to put up an electronic sign that just changed depending on the hour. Because then congestion would be lessened because there was like low traffic. Uh, people would be able to turn however they wanted to. I'm just saying. I mean, if they, there's really, the point here is that there's... Solving the world's problems one is a time. That's what I'm saying. There's no way in which I can't make the world a better place. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you doing today? What's up, sir? Hey, uh, those uh, road signs. Yes, which which road signs? The, uh, the, the zombies ahead. Yes. And all those road signs in general are basically made by the same company. And they all come with one password, D-O-T-S, that now, uh, the workers very rarely ever change. Is this, a thing that, uh, <laughs> is this a thing you know to be true from experience? How do you know this? I thing? do know this to be true from experience. I used to work in a road crew. 
So, and of course, we're just giving out this information uh, we are. as we it are. comes in. Because what if there's an emergency whatever. and the proper people can't get there? That's, a, that's exactly what I was going to mm-hmm. say. That's, as Sarah Dillon noted, really, what if, again, uh, let's, I'm just trying to think outside the box here. What if uh, a nuclear exchange with one of our many enemies was imminent and we weren't able to really uh, change the sign to say glowing crater ahead or something? It would really, it would be incumbent upon the citizens in a sort of, posse comitatus kind of way, uh, to really just take matters into their own hands and make sure that their fellow citizens had all of the appropriate information. Exactly. P-O-T-S. As and in, if you forget the password, yes. Control-Alt-P-O-S will do the trick, too. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. But whoever. Thanks. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, I love people. And I'm speaking now to city officials who I guess are occupied with kissing and stuff. Just... Save me the save me the complaint letters. I'm just passing hey, Liz, along the information. This isn't rough for your hungover mind, right? So welcome out of the studio. Not I'm sitting here listening and loving it. Liz Hummer joining us today. How are you? Hello. Um, be honest. Great. How are you today? I'll be better after I sleep some more. All right. Um, <laughs> what time did you get to bed? I don't, I don't remember. That's a good night. <laughs> You're not bruised in any mysterious I'm not, way. It was some, I think it was four, five. Wow. Yes, I'm so professional right now. But you're kind of just guessing at that, right? Like, you don't really know. I fell asleep watching a TV show on the couch, woke up. But you know you closed down the bar and then continued to drink. No, I didn't close down the didn't bar. Didn't close it down. Okay. No, left before that. Well, because there's booze at home you got to get to. you got to spread out your drinking time. This is my personal hero because I, I won't say where you went. But she did the old trick, which I've done many times, where found out what the stamp looked like at the show that she was at, got a Sharpie, and made her own stamp. Really? Is that true? That's absolutely. Uh, yeah, my friend and I were actually talking about it, bummed out that we got, that was sold out, and like, wouldn't it be awesome if we knew someone that had a stamp? Sure enough, an hour later, I ran into another friend, and the girl he was with was like, yeah, I got this. Let me use this eyeliner. I'll just draw it on you. Fantastic. Of course, the Rick Emerson Show does not advocate or promote this uh, behavior. It was wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying you should do it. We're just documenting. I haven't done that several times. You know what this show is, Sarah? This show is a mirror that we hold up to life, uh, and we simply uh, reflect what's happening in the community. It's not our place to pass judgment. We are simply showing people what happens in Portland, Oregon. Among stories. (laughs) Stories from the city. Yeah, and they couldn't have made made money from you anyway since it was sold out. It was sold out, and we were just showing support. And that's that's exactly what we're doing. You're supporting a local venue. And you bought booze while you were there. Yeah, absolutely. So, So really. It's a net win for them. Yes. Because you weren't depriving them uh, of ticket sales, and you were, in fact, giving them uh, money uh, via alcohol purchase. Right. So, really, it would have been wrong for you not to fake the hand I don't stamp. I guilty at all. I think it almost would have been immoral if you had not done this. <laughs> no, there's no way that she shouldn't have not done No, that. I mean, it really, it's, uh, no, I think we can all agree on that. Uh, just very quickly, you know what this reminds me of? This is many years ago. Uh, in, let's see, three states ago. Uh, would have been maybe the early 90s, and I won't even use his first name because I think it's actually a... Well, it is a crime. Uh, I don't know if it's a federal crime. Certainly a state crime. I used to work with a guy, uh, and he and I are both... We've gotten slightly more responsible as we've gotten older, but we were, we were manifestly juvenile. and just ever, I mean, and this is really like we were no longer juveniles. Like we were... Like I was 20-something, and he was like 25 you're or whatever. You're juvenile until you're 30. Well, that's... I mean, and sometimes it passed. I am now what marketers at CBS refer to as an adult adolescent, Liz. Yeah. Um, it, it, hence my sort of bu- like there's a big uh, like a stimulus package or something that came out today to fix the economy. Don't care. Busy talking about the zombie thing uh, in Texas and then showing zombie concept art from like a website that all my nerd friends sent me. So that's kind of where my my brain lies. But this guy and I were coworkers and um, we were both. I mean, it, it, it's not like we weren't. You know, we're you know, we're we're fairly bright and we had jobs. We had the money to to, to pay for things. We would just sort of forget to do it. 
And this is a thing that Sarah and I have talked about for a long time. But, and I hate to say that this is never going to change because then, as Tony Robbins would say, you're giving yourself a negative affirmation. Um, but Sarah and I have both dealt with this issue of we have jobs, we have money, but like sometimes the bill is just sitting there in an envelope by the microwave and you just can't quite bring yourself to find a stamp. And so as a result, the bill just sits there unpaid. And then other letters get piled on top of it, and then you get a second notice, then you get a third notice, and then the guy's coming to your house, and he's going to unhook the cable vision, all because the bill is sitting right there. You may have even already written the check and put the check in the envelope, envelope sealed, but because you need a stamp, you just go, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And then it just, and then it just never gets taken care of. So it was with a friend of mine and uh, the tags on his license plate. And the tags on his license plate had expired, but of course, this is in a city where um, public transit wasn't really an option. You had to drive. Let's put it that way. And so I came into work late one night. We both worked at the same radio station. I came into work one night, and there's a guy. We'll call him. We'll call him Chet. I come to work, and there's Chet sitting at his desk. I swear to God, with scissors and red construction paper and liquid paper, like whiteout. And he is in fact just manufacturing from scratch tags for his license plate. Uh, and I said, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I have expired tabs, and I didn't have got a chance to take care of it, so I'm going to fix that myself. And I told him, I mean, I, my conscience was clear. I said, dude, they are going to F you like you have never been F'd before. If the cop ever... more effort to make ones from scratch than to just take care of the situation? I, maybe. I don't know. But, I, you know, maybe he was just keeping night hours or something at that point in his life. Uh, and I said, you know, if the cop ever pulls you over for speeding, and they go to check it, and they find that you've just made that stuff out of, like, construction paper... <laughs> They're just going to beat you with nightsticks by the side of the road, and then they're going to tase you in the face. Uh, and, and that's going to be the end, of, and then they're going to set your body on fire and leave you there. But he was like, I don't know. I just I haven't had a chance to do it, and i got to be able to drive. And then, he, you know, I'm, leave me alone. I'm working. I was like, okay. And the next time I saw his car, sure enough, the, the fake tags on his license plate, and I can tell you, they look pretty real. And to the best of my knowledge, he was never pulled over. <laughs> so there you go, the end. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying you could do that and presumably get away with it. Not that you should, because that's wrong. All right. Sarah, should we uh, begin the news hour? <laughs> we sure could. All right. Are you prepared, Liz, or would you like me to take a call so you can gather your thoughts? I- I'm prepared. Let's do this. All right. How confident on the classic 1 to 10 scale do you feel right now? Nine. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. I All right. The delusion. No, she's got it. I think I, I find that being hungover makes you try just that much harder. That's what it is. It's extra motivation. <laughs> so this is going to be phenomenal. It requires you to focus. Uh-huh. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, Liz Upper. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Okay, Rick, although you say that you're not interested in this economic stimulus plan, let's kick it off with an Obama watch. Excellent. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's me. I should have been prepared for that. I'm sorry. That is uh, completely my fault. It's not that I'm not interested. It's that I don't care. And it's not that I don't care. It's that I have a tiny, tiny brain that really doesn't understand most of these things. But you know what? Perhaps you can... All those other things, like zombies. But you... It's more important. I understand. No, no, no. I thought you said that. I thought you were going to try to like make the economic stimulus package explainable by putting zombies in it. Oh, that would be brilliant. Sort of like a Johnny has five apples, a zombie eats one, and then eats Johnny's spine. Uh, how how will his classmates fend off the remaining four zombies or whatever? Let me just uh, here's your. Damn Edge Productions. Sometimes I feel like I should edit that down, but then why? 
Because no, it's just moment. so wonderful. I mean, it's all gold, every second of it. All right, Liz Hummer with your Obama watch. So uh, he, he's been busy meeting with GOP leaders, you know, about the stimulus plan. And even though his um, the delay of the DTV thing, yes. which he was spearheading, uh, got voted out. So, um, wait, so now the delay is off. So now everything's going to happen in February. It's still happening in February. No matter. I have cable. But I have this old TV in my room that doesn't have it in and this is really going to impact you? Yeah, you just, I could just get the coupon, but I'm. it's one of those things. No, here's the I thing. Know, I got the coupon, but I no. think it's already expired. But here's the thing. You actually That's can't. That's the problem. That's why they wanted to do this. You, but you actually can't get coupons now. We found this out yesterday because the government, I swear to Christ, they are out of coupons. And I thought that somebody was, like, jacking me up until he sent me the link and I went to the website. The government website for this, they are now out of coupons. The government, the man has run out of coupons. Well, that was the whole point with this, with trying to push it back to June. Yeah. To get more coupons. But, I mean, can't you just get cable in the other room of your house for, like... Yeah, and I saw an ad from Comcast that was saying, like, $10. Well, there you go. You ought to pay for that. For cable. One of our fine sponsors, and I encourage you giving them $10. <laughs> there we go. Wow. I would say, you know what, I, I would uh, it's a, it's, I would say it's a, it's a bargain at twice the price. I'm a big fan. Absolutely. And plus, what do you... Well, don't live like a savage. I mean, what are you getting your over-the-air? You're an American. You deserve cable. Cable. Cable is your birthright. It's a right. That's yes. what I'm saying. Absolutely. Right. Well, anyway, um, his approval rating so far, um, what, a week in mm-hmm. to the job? 68%. Excellent. Yeah. Well done. Well, he pushes when he left. Like, like one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, it was, I think... At a certain point, it was either tied with or lower than Nixon's approval rating when he left. And Nixon's approval rating when he left office, seriously, was something like 21%. Which is, and, and that in and of itself is kind of amazing. Yeah. When that means that one out of every five people on the street was going, that Nixon, he's my guy. I mean, I love that part when he obstructed justice. That was, I was a big fan of that. So you really have to work pretty hard. Nixon, to paraphrase Woody Harrelson in Natural Born Killers, uh, you, know, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to beat the king. And so you really have to almost make a concerted effort. That's like running up the score in a game in the opposite direction. Like, let's run this score down as as much as we possibly can, guys. We've only got one quarter left. Let's see if we can get our approval rating to absolute zero. So Nixon was uh, at 22. I think Bush was like maybe 24 when he left. Obama, 68, baby. One week All right, yeah. Well, 12% actually say they disapprove of the job so far. But compare that to, um, let's see. 20% Bill Clinton when he first started. That was the, the disapproval rating. And Bush's was 25% when he first started. Here's the thing. I almost hesitate to ask this question because then it's going to become one of those things that um, that I attempt to deal with in a rational manner but that makes Sarah disproportionately angry. And then I'm going to see her like making the, the sort of very um, the jerking downward hand motion of hang up, hang up. Mm-hmm. I almost – would you say the disapproval rating for Obama's job performance is so far 12 so that's like one out of every ten people, presumably. Like I almost want to hear, I almost want to hear from somebody who disapproves of the job that Barack Obama has done so far. What is there to disapprove of? Well, that that would be my thing. Is it's like, it, it seems like first of all, let's be honest. I mean, he's done some stuff, and then a whole lot. Only he's only had the job a week. I think a week yesterday. He's he's had yeah. the gig eight days. So really, I mean, what is there to? I, I guess you can approve or disapprove of the small number of things he's done relative to, like, the four or eight years he's going to be in office. But it doesn't really seem like he's done a whole lot. That seems like um, this seems like a bit of a, a, a contempt prior to investigation to me. So I almost – here's what I'll do. I'm going to say this. Really, no fool it. If you are somebody who disapproves of the job that Barack Obama has done so far, really, honestly, I would like, I'd like to hear from you. And uh, we'll keep it civil and – 
You know, I can say all this knowing that probably no one will call on this. But if you really honestly, like, in the core of your being, like, don't call it me a yuckster about it. Uh, but, I, but if you really actually say to yourself, by God, I just don't approve of the way he's handled that job so far. I really would like like to hear why. I'm just sort of curious more than anything else. And we'll uh, we'll keep it polite. I That being said, I strongly doubt that we're going to get anybody who says that. But, you know, we'll one never knows. So we'll see. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. We'll continue with the uh, Obama watch. Oh, well, it's over. Are that we? was it. 68% Obama watch. Woo! Damn Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Let's get a, a couple of these calls here, then we'll resume the news. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hello? Hello. Oh, I have breaking news for you. Is it really actually breaking news? It's actually breaking All news. All right, hold on. Let me find my uh, breaking news sounder, which I always say that I'm going to put somewhere where it's more easily accessible. Wait a second. Wait. No, that's not it. Hold on. Uh, Wait. Wait. Shiny, a term for great... Oh, wait, no, no, here it is. All right, this breaking news from the Rick Emerson audience. Go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, between uh, 39th and Birdside at Ankeny, it looks like there was a shooting or something. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Now, are you are you making this up? No, I swear, I'm, like, stuck in traffic right now. Wait, it's like about more... 15 police cars right so now. So this, uh, this is where? Between... 39th, Burnside, and Ankeny. The whole, all of 39th blocked off. Wait, 39th, Burnside, and Ankeny. I'm, this is in, wait, what part of town is this in? Portland, southeast. Okay, southeast Portland. So that would be, so that's right by, uh, that's right by the Laurelhurst yeah, Cemetery? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's right by, okay, so, they, so you've, they've got it blocked off at 39th and Burnside, and, around, and from Burnside to Ankeny, basically, is what you're saying. Okay, and uh, there are many cop cars. Now, you were speculating that there had been a shooting, but, of course, you are you just sort of... Is that just your, your sort of guess? That or zombie attack. <laughs> See, that's why I was asked at the beginning, are you making this up? But they really do have it blocked off, you're saying? No, there's about 15 police cars right All now. All right, so if anybody is in southeast Portland, you are on 39th or thereabouts. Apparently, uh, 39th blocked off from Ankeny to Burnside because of possibly a shooting uh, or, you know, uh, zombies. So, all right, what's your name, sir? Ryan. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for listening. We uh, we appreciate it. Are you a long-time listener, sir? Oh, yeah, many uh, stations ago. All right, excellent. Are you spreading the word? Yeah, I was actually just going to apply for a job because I got laid off today. Oh, dude, that sucks. From where did you get laid off? I mean, I guess don't say the name of the company, but what kind of work were you doing? Uh, transportation, I guess. Transportation, public or private? Uh, public. Well, no, private. Okay, so you're working for a private company doing transportation. You got laid off today. Did you know it was coming? Did you have any sense? Oh, yeah, I did. And uh, are there any, uh, I mean, is it, was it, I hate to ask this, but is it a lot of people, just you, few people? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of people, but it's one of those things, you do jobs, you get laid off, you get brought back, you get laid off again. Okay, so it's sort of a cyclical kind of a thing. Yeah, it All keeps right. getting worse, though. Oh, that sucks. Uh, what was, I mean, has this happened, when was the last time this happened? Uh, well, I worked for a week, and then I got laid off, and laid off for two weeks, and then worked for two days, and then... I, what an odd, okay, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out what, how this job works uh, without actually naming the company. I'm trying to figure out, so is it just a, does this depend, is this a kind of job where it depends on how many customers, how many, how many, uh, how much business there is at any given moment? Yeah. 
So it's like kind of like being a dock worker or something? Yeah, very, very close. All right, all right, excellent. Well, um, well, best of luck. I hope things uh, shake out well for you. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. There's uh, there's that guy, uh, not to be confused with this guy. If you do squish it, it does have a, a, a reaction. It emits a, an acid that can cause, like, dermatitis to people. There you go, just so you know. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Oh, I just hung up on somebody. Richie, that was me. Me? That was totally me. I just hung up on whoever that was. Bastard. I'm sorry. That was totally me. I'm sorry. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. How you doing? What's up? Um, I had a question for Sarah. Yes, sir. Uh, this is Justin. I was talking to you at Dublin a few nights ago and stuff. Hello, my Justin. Um, is that Guttermouth show that's coming around, did that already go, like, this weekend, or is it this coming weekend? No, nah, yeah, Guttermouth played it. I actually went to it. It was on Saturday at the Hawthorne Theater. Son of a... Oh, that's brutal. Oh, I heard was, about that. I, know, I, I don't believe tell you the how night awesome. of the show. Yeah, I don't want to tell you how awesome it was. Because... Oh. It was apparently the best show that's ever been, and at the end they invited everybody back to their hotel for uh, for hookers <laughs> and, and blow. And it was like a typical Guttermouth show, you know, because I remember seeing them when I was in high school, and, like, they do, they do this thing where they'll get two girls, like, slutty girls out of the audience and make them make out in front that of everybody. That is fantastic. It was really wow. funny. And you could tell that the girls, like, didn't really want to, but they're just like, ooh, you know, they're paying attention to me. So there are these two, like, young girls up on stage making out. Well, Sarah, it's always... Uh, yeah, it was all. It was half all. It just like yeah. the, the I'm sure the girls were like, 18 though. It's, of uh, course, <laughs> it was probably just short of the greatness. Aside from the girls making out, but the show that was last night downtown was hectic. I think I sent you a thing. What off show? To what the space for it? What show was uh, last night, sir? The Athearchus and VX36, some local bands, and then um, Thursday, the Pitchfork Abortions playing with them, and. Uh, Last night was an insanely kick-ass show. Had, like, both drum sets set up at the same time. So, like, both bands were playing at the same time with dual drum kicks and or dueling drums. It I was, feel so lame during conversations like this. <laughs> it, was, it, right. it, was, it was bloody insane. All right. All right. flying everywhere. It was great. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one, you guys. Yeah, there you Bye. go. That guy. All right. All right. And by the way, to answer your uh, to address your point that you just made a minute ago, Sarah, it's always kind of better when the girls don't really want to. So, uh, <laughs> It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. I'm just it's saying like it's always better when the stripper's crying. That exactly. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. I was just making that joke so Aaron doesn't have to send you a text in which he makes that same joke. Just trying to blunt that before it comes in. We've had enough creepy texts from Aaron today. What was the text he sent? It, I always play girls in video games because they make a sexy noise when they die. I like the sexy noises they make. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a, that's an inside thought. That's a that's a thought one has in one's head. Uh, speaking of all things gutter though. Um, so Gutter Mouth, apparently, this past weekend at Hawthorne Theater, the Gutter Twins coming to the Doug Fur. Gutter Twins going to be the Doug Fur. you got to go see that. You well, that must was, uh, go. one of the bands on your top five songs of the year, right? Dude, yes. Uh, the Gutter Twins, their album is called Saturnalia, came out earlier this uh, year there from uh, Seattle. It's Mark Lanigan from the Screaming Trees and Greg from the Afghan Wigs. Uh, a guy that I should know, and everybody yells at me for, for forgetting his name, but he's the guy from the Afghan Wigs and the guy from Screaming Trees. The album is called Saturnalia. It is really, uh, Lisa Wood bought it on vinyl. That's how much she went out and actually bought the custom vinyl of it. It's one of the best records I've heard in probably five years. Uh, they're going to be at the Doug for February 13th. And the tickets, I think, are like 17 bucks or something. So you got you really ought to, you ought to be doing that. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll take a break. Back after this, more news from Liz around the corner. Later on, Peter Carlin. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kelly Clark, Steve Kasterman, Jim Roop, all that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. We return next.
See, now I get all the baby naming fun without the actual baby. Hey, Liz Hummer, did I mention that somebody named their baby after me? Yes, you have. I'm proud of you. I'll mention it again anyway later. Sure you will. I'm going to set a little alarm on my BlackBerry, and I'm going to mention it every nine minutes for the rest of the day. I mean, even when I'm done here, like my office later, I'm just going to like get on the public address, like on the loudspeaker here at work, be like, attention CVS employees. I'll read the email again. Hey, Rick. About seven months ago, you were complaining nobody had ever named their child after you. I was three months pregnant at the time, happened to be searching for gender-neutral names. The name Emerson piqued my interest, and I emailed you then to let you know I'd be bringing it up with my husband that evening. What about Dylan? Dylan's gender-neutral. I'm sorry? Dylan's a gender-neutral. How about Hummer? That's what you should name your daughter. Uh, the uh, it, Well, there was that... The, the, the whole reason this started is because there was a baby named Dylan Riley. And, Which is the cutest name. And I and I think I was un, I think I'm I, I'm unclear, but I think it might have improbable as this sounds. It might have been a coincidence, but maybe not. I I'm, I'm, I actually can't remember whether they named the baby Dylan Riley after you and Tim or not. I'll give. I mean, maybe they did. I don't I, know if they. I can't remember. I can't remember. It either. seems so. Un, I mean, I'm not saying it's like because like how great we are. Although clearly the answer is very great. But I'm saying statistically speaking. Like, the law of average, what are the mathematical odds that somebody who is a listener to this show would name their child Dylan Riley? It just seems like the odds are long that that didn't at least influence the decision somewhat. It's just mathematically speaking. But that, that being said, I don't really know. And, <coughs> pardon me. Anyway, so I was complaining, oh, nobody's ever named a baby after me. So now, as uh, she says, now seven months later, here is a photo of Emerson Ava blank. Uh, signed Emerson's mom and dad, Desi and Mike. And there you go. There's that. Look at this. Look at this child that was named after me, Liz. Well, it looks just like you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's the Emerson imprint. Already apparent. She's actually a very cute baby. You can tell because she's, really she's, uh, she's got clever and inquisitive eyes. It's uh, and a kind smile. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, I'm just going to read this really quickly, and then we'll move on. It is technically news. That being said, no one cares. No one cares except for, like, the five people who are in the story. Uh, this is from, uh, let's see, I guess this just happened. This is from uh, Oregon Live. Small group of protesters confronted Portland Mayor Sam Adams during this morning's city council meeting, comma, demanding his resignation, period. By the way, the resignation, I'll give you a spoiler. Uh, resignation was not forthcoming, and it won't be. Uh, it was the first time Adams attended a city council meeting since admitting last week he lied about a 2005 sexual relationship with a consenting adult. Uh, the meeting was uncharacteristically packed with officials, blah, 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 blah. Um... Said John Price, a spokesman for a website that I will not give out on the air. He said, I'd like to hear the reason why you are choosing to stay in office. Adams politely stopped them during their speeches and reminded them they were interrupting city business and that they could sign up to speak at the next meeting if they wanted to. <gasps> Snap. <laughs> ah, right there. That is a very good point, though. I mean, nothing's going to be done with the city if we're all talking about I know. all the humping. That's right, Sarah. All right. It's business. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Oh, uh, real quickly, I guess we have updated information on this road closing. Uh, that uh. is at 39th and Burnside from Burnside to Ankeny. Uh, where the hell did I... Shiny. No, that's not it. Oh. Uh, we'll go to the uh, phones. Hello, who might this be? Hey, Rick, this is Josh. How are you, sir? Oh, good. Congratulations on your little miracle. Ah, yes. No, every... Uh, no, children are our greatest natural resource, sir, yes, and uh, I am proud to have contributed in some small way. I think Richie, Richie misled you. I told him I didn't have so much as an update, just a little bit more info. I was, I saw the same thing the last caller said. I'm a delivery driver, but mm -hmm. then when I passed that, I was going down Burnside for delivery, and there was a, a hearse coming up being escorted by uh, police motorcycles. Uh, 
making its way through traffic, and I had to pull aside to let this hearse and police officers through. That's and, probably and a were, coincidence. It seems like uh, having the hearse there might be jumping the gun a bit. So I think it's, I thought it was wondering, but there was a bunch of cops, like you said, and this was about four blocks south on Burnside heading that direction. No, it's I a, so I get yeah. So it looks like it's uh, so you were. Boy, that traffic is going to suck because it, it seems like there was probably then uh, whatever manner of trouble at 39th and, and Burnside to Ankeny and then also a funeral trying to get through there at the same time. So that oh, seems man. like if you're anywhere in southeast Portland, you just avoid that whole Burnside 39th area right now just because a funeral and some sort of a police incident. Uh, yeah, you're not going to be getting anywhere fast. So, well, right. Hey, can I uh, plug a show, too? Is that is that cool? Is this a, uh, a musical uh, uh, extravaganza? It, of some it, kind? Is, it is local. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Friday at the Twilight Cafe, uh, this Friday night for three bucks is a punk show, The Pathogens and the Brown Bag. It's going to be a good show. Oh, the so if punk... anybody likes local punk rock, you know. Oh, not the punk, not the punk group. Not the punk show. The punk show. No, the punk show. Fans of the Pathogens and the Brown Bags. The Pathogens. That's a great yeah. name. You know, every now and again, band. I feel like all the band names have been taken. And then I hear the Pathogens, and that's pretty fantastic. And the yeah. Brown Bags. All right, that is this Friday at the Twilight, sir. Yes, it is. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. Best show ever. There you go. The Twilight, which now has a, there's now free Wi-Fi uh, at the Twilight, by the way. It doesn't seem the same, though, like without it being like you can't see because there's so much smoke in there. Like the Twilight's one of those old diners where, like, you know, you go for breakfast and people just be sitting there with a cigarette in one hand and, like, skipping up an omelet in the other hand. We could do a top five places that just aren't the same uh, after the smoking. And by the way, I haven't been to the Twilight in a long time. The last time I went there was... I mean, it's been, it's been a couple of years, actually, since I've been on the Twilight. I just remember, is it still the size of, like, a phone booth? I mean, it was the, It seemed like the smallest no, place I had it, ever like, been. Yeah. Off to the side, they have a, They built a stage, and um, there's, like, room for bands to All right, they must have sort of then blown it out a little bit, because it was, just, it, was, uh, it was unbelievably cramped when I went into the, the, whatever last act I saw there was. All right, uh, places that aren't the same as the smoking band. I, of course, would say my father's place. Mm-hmm. You'd say the Twilight? In the space room. Liz? Oh, space room. I miss sure. the space room. I'm going to say the nightlight, but that's just because I go there all the time. Hey, how about that place? Could You You could smoke at the Roxy, couldn't you? Mm. Wasn't the Roxy a smoking place? Dots. Dots, Dots is not the same. No. I see. I have, you know, look, I, I, I know Dots is. Here's the thing about Dots. I'm just saying, and I'm sure we have met, and I, and I do mean this honestly. I'm sure we have uh, listeners who go there and probably listeners who work there. Just it seems to be. They kind of seem to be our people. The <laughs> thing about Dots is. Dots is a place, uh, Dots, which is across from the Clinton Street Theater on, of course, Clinton Street and 26th. Um, that's me being local. and early. You don't get that with voice tracking, by the way. It's some jackass from Toledo who's just sitting recording all this in the morning. You're not going to get that kind of local spark. The thing about Dots is it's a great place and a great vibe and a feel. And, and, and I don't smoke, but, you know, I, I, the smoking band is still retarded. But, I, but, you know, whatever. So, it's like, that's not even to me. It's just that it's, it's kind of dark and great, and it's got this weird red velvet on the walls oh, and all this yeah. kind of cool art and... Uh, and they have, it must be said, really some of the best cheese fries I've ever had in my life at Dots. I mean, the food is, is astounding. I stopped going to Dots, though, because, I, I mean, even by sort of like late-night bar standards, the service was so unbelievably slow that I felt like it would actually be faster to, uh, I felt like it would be faster to go overseas, buy some sort of an embryo for a cow, bring it home, mate that cow with a bull, create a herd of other cows, build by hand a barn, create the milking apparatus, get the milk, let it curdle, create my own cheese, and then put it over fries that I got from the store. Uh, rather than like ordering the cheese fries and waiting for them to arrive, it just seemed to take hours for my food, and so I just kind of quit going. I think you need to be drunk to be there. Yeah, well. Perhaps, Rick. I suppose. Now, we, now, for you, let me ask you this, Liz, uh, just as a medical issue. Uh, when you've had, uh, let's say, a few glasses of your... What is your beverage of choice? 
Red wine. Good for you. Uh, time. Not what, very good. Red wine. Okay, you like the cheapo stuff? Yeah. Does uh, time go faster or slower or the same when you're drunk? That's a good question. Because it varies from person to person. It goes faster. Out. Last night, it went fast. Well, really? if you're having a fun night, too, it yeah. always goes faster. But, I'm just, but, I mean, all things being equal, would you say that alcohol makes makes things go by faster? Yeah, I just think because you get more distracted by things. You're more entertained. And... All right, then. Etc. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about drinking. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I uh, I forgot that you were a little. Uh, <coughs> I think uh, we have some Jaeger. Right. Oh God! It's no, it's sealed though. So I think. Oh good. Uh, and there's, I think there's a little bit of a forty left, and there, we did have that boxed wine. And also, you know what's not oh, sealed? You want a glass of what, little hair of the dog? And here's the thing. I'm just saying, in case you don't want to break the seal on something, uh, I do have some leftover Boone's Farm uh, apple wine if you'd like that. Also, it's bright you blue. You guys are taking me back to high school. I'm just saying. Well, you know, mom, we I'm try sorry. Is <laughs> your mom listening? Yeah. Awesome. Um, I don't know what to make of this call. I'm looking at it here. Uh, Richie has screened this call, and he's describing this caller as, quote, a hot chick. And then the, the description is, appreciate, comma, she is on a dessert with stupid. <laughs> Wait, say that again. This is like some, this is like some Burroughs like Mad Libs. word salad thing or whatever. Um, Twas Brillig in the Slidley Toves to Gyre and Gimbal in the... <gasps> oh, wow. Michelle, hot chick. Appreciate, comma, she is on a dessert with stupid. Richie, please come into the studio. Please, please. All right, got to find his... Uh... And then we've got a break because we have Peter. Really? All right. We bre- did we not get to any... We didn't get to one... Story, mis- you know what, but that's okay because Liz is... Uh, Are you, you going to stay with us for a while? You're playing with a handicap today. Okay, good. All right. Um, hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Hello. You a little off the ball, a, a little right. off kilter today, Richie? Uh, Sarah said earlier that you were off your game. Also, there's some white stuff on your chin. Please get rid of that. Oh, great. Um, what does this mean when it says Michelle Hot Chick appreciate comma she is on a dessert with stupid? Oh, uh, she appreciates the show. She says she's on a stranded island with a bunch of a deserted island with drunk? a bunch of stupid people. You sound drunk, not hungover. Liz sounds hungover. Sarah and I sound flawless. You sound drunk. I'm beat up. But I mean, look are you? Fa- look at my face. Look at my ear. Look at my. Like, why do you want to look like that? Why do you want to have people pummeling in the ears and like not? I have don't. Any that's why I have to parry. Why don't you stuck. wear earpieces? Richie's training to be a to be a cage fighter, uh, and I'm not I making that up. Keep that girl's cauliflower ear. So he's like got mixed martial arts. But I mean, are, are, now are you in fact hungover or drunk? Heck no. Okay. I don't but think he drinks it. I worked out five hours and fifteen minutes last night. Okay, but so this is working on him being pummeled. Yeah. That's All a right. workout hangover. All right, so what is it? So, Michelle, what does it mean that she's on a dessert with stupid? She's working in a Christian office. That's what she says. With a bunch of what Christians. does that have to do with dessert? She's <laughs> a deserted island. Not on dessert, but. It actually says on a dessert with stupid. <laughs> I'm looking at the screen right now. I like her on a dessert. No, you should go away. Okay, bye. <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's find out. Uh, hello, hi, uh, Michelle. How can I help you today? My God, I just stopped laughing enough to have a conversation. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to to put you through hearing uh, Richie's inanities right there. Uh, what no, is that it, was hilarious. What is it you told Richie that ended up as this on the screen? I just said, I love you guys so much. I work in a very conservative Christian office, and I will not name a, a Christian radio station mm-hmm. that I have to listen to it's the fish. all day, every day. And the people that I work with, I have been talking about Sam Adams. Every day on my lunch, I listen to you, and I literally want to sit in my car and cry when I have to turn my radio off and go inside. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. I wasn't laughing now at you crying. I'm just saying, like, that 
Behold the power, by the way, of bad radio. Uh, the idea oh. that, that, like, you're going to have to go on a beast. And it is, I mean, you won't say it, but I will. We have to go back in and listen to the fish. Um, which, have I told you this, by the way? Uh, my shrink's office is right down the hall from the fish. So every time I go to see my shrink, I have to park my car next to a bunch of, uh, like, radio station vehicles uh, that have, like, you know, whatever. I don't care. But they all like the big steps forward, three steps backwards. Yeah, they have like Siri. They have like the big. So it's like so every time I. By the way, every time I walk by one of the vans that is covered with Jesus things, uh, then it reminds me of uh, any number of the issues that I must take into that day's therapy session. So, um, what kind of? Uh, but you don't have to name the company. Obviously, what kind of work do you do? I'm in the medical field. You are in the medical field, and but this is for a a religious organization of some kind. No, no, just um, my boss is religious. My boss is wonderful, but. I have to listen to Christian radio, and the people that work there are very conservative. And I feel like every day on my lunch break, I get this little micro, you know, microcosm of intelligence and people that know what's going on. And thank you so much for the support you've been giving Sam Adams because I could, you could not be more in tune with what I think. And it's just wonderful to hear people that aren't bashing him. Well, look, I mean, if if one of the perks of being, uh, you know, like a hot, powerful guy isn't that you get to. Uh... You know, uh, you know, weave your basket every now and again. I mean, really, what's the point? Um, hey, so real quick, well, never mind. You know what? I'll just leave it there. So, uh, Michelle, well, thank you so much. And uh, you, so you call us anytime. Thank you, Michelle. Bye-bye. Right, there you go. That is Michelle. She sounded very sweet. Yeah, very She hot. really did. Um, hot chick, right? No, it's true. <laughs> uh, let's get, what, are we breaking? Yeah, we got to break if you want right. to keep it regimented. And, and I do. All right. And Liz is going to stay with us. Oh, we've got a special friend on line one. I just saw that right here. All right. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk to a good friend of ours, Peter Carlin as well, Kelly Clark as well, Steve Kastenbaum as well, Jim Roop as well, Liz Hummer as well, as well, as well, uh, and uh, more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Did I mention that somebody named a baby after me? Back after the... Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, just now, uh, for the amusement of everybody, I'm going to read a random complaint from the audience about something. It has nothing to do with us. Then we'll talk to Peter Carlin on KCMD Portland. Uh, then we'll talk to Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Uh, she'll be in the studio. Uh, then Steve Castabon, James Root, more from Liz Hummer. I got a top five I put together that we may or may not even get to today. I almost don't want to say the name of it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty great idea. Uh, it was inspired by Heather's. Uh, because I was putting together, so we read that, we read that terrible writing uh, yesterday about, and she never frolicked in the snow, and then that made me think of the thing from Heather's, which is you know our own our little, little Eskimo. And so I was putting together the Heather's show up in the day, and I was thinking about the teenage suicide "Don't Do It" song by Big Fun. Uh huh. So then, and this is the house that Jack built, and I put together their top five. It is the uh, top five songs commonly blamed for teenage suicides in the eighties. So, but I don't think you'll even get to that. I may not get to that today. Uh. But, you know, all right. it's 503-733-2970. In one moment, we'll be joined by our good friend Peter Carlin. This just says, Rick, here's something that's irritating me. I am irritated by the way product contests run these days. It used to be that you would open your cola, look under the cap, and see, sorry, try again, or you've won blank. 
Now you have to go to their website and enter an ass load of personal info just to get a goddamn 13-digit alphanumeric code. Then you lose. Now they can inundate your email with their spam. It is the same with everything. For the love of God Almighty. Yes, sir. You speak for us all. Thank you. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from the uh, Oregonian and OregonLive.com and from Mr. and Mrs. Carlin. Uh, Peter Carlin, hello. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. It's been so long. You don't call. You don't write. You don't send flowers. I try. No, you don't. I do. Do you? Which of those things We've do you try you, to Peter. do? I called. That is I true. wrote. No. Hey, Peter. I did both those things. Thanks for being, thanks for being my new Facebook friend. Oh, right on. Uh, no, I should actually, you know, really now that I've examined that statement, I was wrong on almost every count. You did, in fact, both write and call. That's true. Rick Flowers, not so much, but they're coming. Rick Emerson regrets the error. Uh, all right. Well, so I'm going to plead a little bit of uh, a little bit of ignorance here because I know that you have uh, recently expanded your role and now you're writing these uh, sort of these massive sort of all-encompassing pieces about various slices of the popular culture. First of all, do you have a cold? I don't. Oh, okay, good. Why? You sound like you do, but maybe I have a cold and that's why it sounds that way. I don't have a cold though, so I don't know what it is. It's just we're just we're just miscommunicating. Go ahead, sir. Continue. Are you just trying to throw me off my game here? Is this? Are you trying to do like a pattern interrupt where you just sort of try to make me off kilter by asking, you know, out of the blue, like, do you like burritos? What? No? Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Did you fornicate last night? Um, wow. That was Richard Nixon. I know. Frost Nixon. Uh, hey, so you, of course, have seen Frost Nixon. No, but I saw the coming attraction. Is it? Is that in the coming attractions, really? Uh, well, I saw it somewhere. I mean, the, the, because he does say that, and that, of course... Just sidetracked by a thing for a second. Uh, Frost Nixon, which I've seen uh, three times. It's a fantastic film. You did not. I did. I saw it three times. That um, is that is obsessive and compulsive. It's a great movie. Just, I mean, first of all, I have kind of this low-grade obsession with Richard Nixon. I always have. He's just a fascinating guy. And the, in fact, the other day at the office uh, here, we were uh, we were doing like in the hall, we were doing kind of an ad hoc top five, and it was the top five coolest people with whom you agree on nothing. <laughs> Go. Did you see... Um, Can you think of it like somebody who is really cool, somebody who's great, they, they kind of, you know, something about them, certain, uh, they got a certain panache, but you agree with them on almost nothing. Uh, how about J.P. O'Rourke? P.J. O'Rourke. P.J. P.J. O'Rourke. See, I'd say, see, I would say P.J. O'Rourke. Uh, let's see. Um, the judges would also have accepted uh, Pat Buchanan. Um, Nixon. See, not so much. Here's, the only thing I love about Pat Buchanan is that I swear to God that Bay Buchanan, yeah. the, 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 supposedly his sister, yeah. is actually him in drag. <laughs> And that she gets booked. It's like I think sometimes what happens is that um, the, the, you book one, you just book a Buchanan, and sometimes Pat shows up. But if Pat wakes up in the morning and wants to be Bay, you get Bay because they all have the same opinions about everything, and I've never seen them together. It's like a weird. It's like a Dorothy Michaels, Michael Dorsey uh, kind of a thing. Precisely. So it's like a Victor Victoria. Here's the thing about Bay Buchanan is uh, I actually, during the campaign and the election, I was talking extensively about Bay Buchanan because she was the I don't know where Pat Buchanan was, like, but as you said, you never did. This is actually really interesting now that I think about it because I never really did see him anywhere. Like, I didn't see him on MSNBC or CNBC or anything, but she was on CNN, like, every night. And my whole thing about Bay Buchanan was that she was kind of like when you, you know, like when your first two choices aren't available, and then the agent goes, well, look, I know you wanted uh I know you were trying to get, uh, you know, like uh, like the Jonas Brothers, and uh, they're not available. Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, no, 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 they're not around. Uh, how do you feel about the? How do you feel about the Captain and Tennille? You know, and then it's like you know, three words: Bay City Rollers. Yeah. And that's what Baby Buchanan was. And Baby Buchanan, first of all, 
head like a head like a football, and then she's got that weird mushroom hair that goes out. Yeah, it's a wig. And just the whole she's got like. She looks like one of those kids on Hey Arnold. It's like her head has been kind of squashed down. Also, just just a voice uh, like her larynx has been put inside a garbage disposal. Everything you're telling me confirms my suspicion. No, oh, and, and but not nearly as bright as her brother. That's the thing. That see, that's the thing with Pat Buchanan. Is Pat Buchanan is sort of I don't know. He has this great sort of awful negative sort of stark energy. Uh, and and seems like a pretty bright guy, and you always know where he's coming from, even if you disagree with him and everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bay Buchanan, it just sort of seems to be a, a, a it just seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of coattail riding. That's what seems to be going on there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm petticoat just, riding. So Frost Nixon though is great, and there's this moment when they do this really wonderful thing, and it, you know it's obviously very intentional, where they frame the entire. This entire business of David Frost and Richard Nixon sitting down to do these four interviews, they position it very much as though it's a boxing match. Uh, and in term, you know, even in the way that, like, the sort of guy, he has a cornerman, and they each have guys who are, you know, the trainers who are there and sort of at, at breaks in the interviewing are, are kind of giving their rock, he ain't nothing, he's... Right, he's, he's, you know, one punch, he'll go down. So, I mean, it's, it, you expect at one point David Frost to, like, have his legs tied together and be chasing a chicken uh, in a parking lot somewhere. But... Anyway, but, but Nixon was known to be, as as uh, I believe Hunter Thompson once said, um, that he gave no quarter and expected none. Yeah. And when you went in with Richard Nixon, I mean, every single thing he did, he was going right for the scorched earth policy. And Nixon was known when an interview would start to, I guess this was sort of a, a known tactic of his, he would try to throw somebody off by asking them something completely weird or absurd or unpredictable immediately yeah. before the interview started. So Nixon sits down. And, he, and David Frost is there, and they're getting ready to count down. That you know, Clint Howard is counting down until the cameras begin to roll. And uh, Frank Langella as Nixon, moments before the camera switches on, goes, So did you do any fornicating last night? Right. And it's just like the creepiest where you kind of, and I think the first time I saw it, I actually did pull back from the screen a little bit, like a, oh, wow, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. the point is, it's a great film. You really ought to see it. Yeah, it's on my list. And here's the thing about Frank Langella in the movie. You will feel probably about Frank Langella as Nixon the same way a lot of people did, and the way that I also felt about Travolta as Governor Stanton in Primary Colors, mm. which is where the performance is, is kind of distracting for the first ten minutes, and right. then a switch flips, and you immediately accept him as the character. Sure. All right. That being said, Peter Carlin, yeah. uh, it's been forever since we've talked. So since then, you, you started doing, again, these big sort of all-encompassing pieces in the Oregonian, and... I wanted to have you on, I think it was last week, you had this Facebook thing uh, oh, that ran. Sure. Yeah. And because I, when you were on the show the last time, we had been talking a little bit about Facebook, and then you had this piece. And I don't think Sarah and I don't think Sarah actually ever read it. Did you get a chance to read Peter's no, Facebook article? No, no, I was article? actually looking it up. But Liz, we were talking about it this morning because Liz actually was commenting on a story that she read in the Oregonian. It's like, oh, we're going to have Peter on today. Liz Hummer, formerly of LivePDX.com. You know, I think, Peter, didn't you, did you go to Lewis and Clark? Yes, ma'am. So did I. Hi. No way. Yeah, but I graduated in 2004, so I don't oh. think cross paths. Anyway, I nice to meet you. You too. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so it's but you were writing about Facebook, and my wife had sort of my wife had resisted all of that stuff, like she resisted MySpace and whatever, because I told her I'm like, baby, it's just a big time suck. Yeah. Uh, it's just gonna be like, hours down the drain that you will never get back. And I don't really care. Like, I'm not one of those guys who's like, no wife of mine is going to have a mind. What is it for? Is it for? Is it finding old boyfriends? Which always seems to be, like, the thing that guys jump to. And I just told her, you're just going to find that hours of your life go right down the drain as you're sitting there having to update, like, talk about yourself in the third person as you are updating whatever your status is. 
And uh, she resisted MySpace, and then she finally got a Facebook account. Mm-hmm. And so she's, but immediately, it's like she got a Facebook account, and I swear to God, it's like within five seconds of hitting the, like, yes, sign me up. There was like 15 people that she went to, like, you know, that were in third grade with her. They started right. coming out of the woodwork, like, hey, long to, what have you been up to? And Oh, totally. Well, that's what it's, that's what it's for, in a sense. It's, but it's a really strange and kind of groovy phenomenon. I mean, I guess you could sort of define it as a time suck and as something that is that that can actively ruin your life, um which it can be like any drug, but on the other hand, it's it's sort of it's like this party that's perpetually going on on your computer screen with everyone you've ever met. And so there are moments where these kind of transcendent moments where people who were close friends of yours from very different eras and moments in your life, maybe from thousands of miles apart, are conversing with one another, <laughs> you know, who have never really met you know, on the hoof, but, um, you know, and maybe making fun of you or commenting on some, some nonsense that you had to say. The fascinating thing to me about Facebook, though, is this is the marketing that they have done on it, because... If you talk to anybody who uses Facebook, especially people who have either transitioned away from uh, MySpace or have started using or, or you know never used MySpace, but now that they, they've started using Facebook, if you ask people, well, why are you using Facebook and not MySpace? They all will tell you exactly the same thing. They because all, I'm not in a band. They'll say either that or they'll say, well, Facebook is like MySpace, but for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And the interesting thing is, yeah. like... I've never seen that written down anywhere, and Facebook, to my knowledge, has never said that. But you've got this—you've uh, got millions of users who all recite it, which is a kind of a clever and creepy little marketing tactic that Facebook has just like planned. Because first of all, because it's clearly a lie. First of all, let's just like—I mean, Facebook was started as a—if people don't remember this, Facebook.com originally started as a thing that was exclusively for college students. Right. Ivy League, though. Yeah. So well, first it was an Ivy League thing. Then they expanded it to all students. College and high school. College first, and then I think into high school. And then they threw the doors open to, to grown-ups as well. And it's over, just over the last couple of years that it's become this enormous grown-up phenomenon. And so, and, and one of the statistics I dug up um, uh, whenever I did that story was that the, the use of people over 30 in the last, in, the, in 2008, increased by 200%. And which is which you come become aware of when you sign on as a grown up and start doing the little searches you can do to dig, see you know who you know that's on the system and and gradually you realize like virtually everyone you know is on the system right, or a significant right. percentage of them. I actually just uh, a couple of days ago I actually was telling Sarah this I was trying to contact somebody and they didn't have their email address online and I couldn't I didn't have a phone number and so I was trying to find them and so I typed I went you know I was like well maybe they have a Facebook thing and then I realized you have to have a Facebook account to send somebody a message yeah so I thought well fine Christ I'll sign up whatever and so I I you put in my email address and I actually signed up and I went to create and I created the Facebook account and like there were people waiting for me. Like I logged in and it was like you have the following 75 friend requests. And I was like f that, and I immediately just like delete. I just deactivated it immediately. Yeah. Not because I like I was being stalked or something, just because I could already see the amount of work that it was going to be. And so I said, but you can uh, ignore things, and ignore that. people, and 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 it's just kind of the way it is. But you know, I, the one thing I, I I never quite know how to deal with is how do you if somebody wants to friend you who you don't know. Whoa, my phone is ringing. Sorry about that. Um, if somebody wants to wants a friend you who, who who you don't know at all, mm-hmm. um, do you accept that request? Because it's like 
you have to decide: is it like really a personal space with people who you actively want, who you actually want to have, right. go have a beer with, or is it something like a, one of the public places where people who are aware of you or who are friends of friends you've never met, or maybe just somebody who like listens to your show right. or, or that, reads my articles? That want. is totally the dilemma. Yeah, because I get asked by listeners all the time. It's like, well, I don't know. It's like, well, we've never met, but it's like I don't know you, and then I'm going to see all your updates. Like, sure. do I really want it to be cluttered with somebody but, that I don't. Well, you know? can actually yeah. though. You can you can press a little button and have their their updates maybe not show up on your thing. You can. I haven't been able to figure out how to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to the right side of the screen on your wall, and then if, you yeah. can kind of you just sort of hover your um, hover your uh, pointy thing <laughs> cursor, whatever the heck you call it. Um, this is clearly why they tap okay, you so to write I, the article. When I go to my profile and I go on my wall. Go to your wall, your okay. main page, and then you go when somebody's update like so and so just fed her cats. Then you can go to the like, move your cursor over to the right, and eventually, like a light blue button will make itself visible that says options. And you can left click on it, and you'll say see more about so and so, or see less about so and so. And if you hit see less, then like they don't turn up on your wall anymore. I I just had this horrifying realization. This last like two minutes just now when you were talking to Sarah, this is what it's like to be the manager at a customer service center. Really? Like at a tech support line, this is what the manager does. He just flips back and forth from one line to another, just monitoring some guys. He walks people through the Vista installation process. Sure. Jesus. Um, so re- real quickly, and then I, you got to skedaddle, a- as do we, and then we'll try to make this uh, we'll try to make this a regular thing, Peter. Yeah. I like the cut of your jib, so we'll uh, we'll have you back again. But I, uh, you, I don't even know where to go. You had some. Did you have some sort of dust up or kerfuffle with the Miss America people? Am I wrong about this? Some I kind of got a second hand. Well, yeah. I was in Las Vegas for the Miss America pageant, and um, and I was covering Miss Oregon, you know, who is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the whole uh, the whole zeitgeist down there, which is quite the zeitgeist. Um, and so, uh, and basically, the, 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 the governing aesthetic for everyone involved with the Miss America pageant, mm-hmm. both in terms of their clothes and in terms of their actual personal self, is that if it can be if it can be dyed, processed, or spangled, it will be dyed, processed, or spangled. And that's how you roll at the Miss America pageant. Yes. But anyway, so um, they got miffed at me because I put something in my blog about how their publicists seem to be a little harried and sometimes at odds with one another. Uh-huh. And uh, so then a very harried woman dragged me out of the press room the next morning and explained to me how how at odds she was with me for having said that she was and her people were harried and at odds with one another. So I apologized profusely and ran into my room and locked the door. <laughs> Good for you, Peter Carl. And then wrote another blog post all about it. Was it with like a was it with like a like a an emoticon of a guy like a you know like of a guy shaking his tiny fists in rage? And then was your mood like Peter Carlin is peeved? Peter Carlin is frightened. <laughs> Peter Carlin did some fornicating last night. <laughs> All right. On that note, sir. All right. So uh, we will uh, we'll try to not let it be so long uh, before we talk to you next time. We'll get you next week sometime. Sweet. All right. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Uh, there you go. Peter Carlin, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. I mean, presumably we're supposed to be hearing from Steve Kastenbaum, but uh, I've been watching the screen, and apparently he has not called in. So, okay. uh, Hey, Richie Bristol, uh, is Kelly Clark from Willamette Week here? I gotta get that thing fixed. Uh, yeah, let's go home right. with that. I have no idea. Well, Richie, can you uh, can you show her into the studio? That'd be ever so swell. Thanks. All right. Uh, and we'll get more news from uh, Liz Hammer. We've got uh, Jim Rube coming up as well and more things of that nature. Um, hello, sir, madam, as the case may be, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I assist you today? 
Hey, good afternoon. Best show ever, everyone. Thank you. How can I, uh, how can I help you? Um, I bought a beautiful blue Dakota truck today, and I've named him Dylan. And, Sarah, I was hoping if I could get a 970 AM bumper sticker, it would be like you signing his birth certificate. Let me understand this, just so I can be very clear on this You'd much rather be a car owner than a baby owner. Well, so, you, my car only puts out carbon monoxide. So, so, this is, oh. so, so because we had somebody who named their child after me, which, I mean, it was really which just a matter cool of time. Uh, so you, in fact, named a truck after Sarah. Purchased today. What kind of, did you, did you say this before, what kind of truck is it? It's a blue Dakota. All right, what is a Dakota? I don't know what that is. Is that like a... Um, uh, it's, it's, a it's a truck that is, um, it's a cab. A cab truck. Sarah, help. Liz, anyone? It, it, oh, it God, looks, it, it, it just looks like a truck where you have the, you can't open the back doors. You can just stick right. the small things back there. Well, in any okay. so you yeah. name, but you named it after Sarah. Yeah, I was listening to the show today and I thought, you know, Dylan is a great name for a truck. All right. And I was just hoping that if I could get a 970 bumper sticker, it would kind of be like a birth certificate. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll Absolutely, put, we do have some here. I'll put you on hold. Uh, Richie will get your information and we will let you someone else out there. Great. Right. Thank you. Thank you. You call us anytime. Thanks. All right, there you go. Yeah, Rick, That's I have fantastic. a truck named after me. I'm just saying, uh, hey, let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show from Willamette Week. Don't touch her. Kelly, oh, Kelly Clark. Are we doing this already? I See, that's Sarah Should Dillon we? who said that. Sarah the Truck Dillon, uh, <laughs> oh, who, who made that observation. But I sound more butch. <laughs> so, really, why do I need to sit next to you? Are you testing yourself? <laughs> yes, really, this is sort of a facing, <laughs> this is a Nietzsche and embracing your fears kind of a thing. Uh, next, I'm going to go run nude through the woods, and I'm going to kill a wolf with my bare hands. Figures. Uh, so, did I mention that somebody named a baby after me, Kelly? Oh, I'm more interested in the truck. Now, let's let's get back to talking about me here. This email says, Rick, about... Are you really reading the full email again? Yes, this I am. It's been like 17 times. Right? I'm going to do it every nine minutes until the day is over. Rick, about seven months ago, you were complaining that nobody's ever named their child after you. A reasonable complaint, I think. I was three months pregnant at the time, and I happened to be searching for gender-neutral names. The name Emerson piqued my interest, and I emailed you to let you know that I would bring it up to my husband that night. Now, seven months later, Rick, here is a photo of Emerson Ava. I won't give the last name. Uh, Emerson's mom and dad, Desi and Mike. Look at that, Kelly Clark. It's a baby that somebody named after me. Are you sure it's not a truck? <laughs> That's Kelly Clark who said that, by the way. Oh, I hurt you already. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, did you email Steve just so I can? I mean, if, you know, look, if he calls, yeah, he calls. But... If he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, it's. Or do you, you, know. you still want me to? Well, uh, at this point, it would have to be like at 150. Okay. Ooh, wait, we got Mr. Skin today, though. You know what? Uh, we're just going to move on. Just yeah. scrap that. All right. His loss. All right. So, here's what we're going to talk to Kelly Clark. Uh, we have more news coming up later on with Liz Hummer. We'll talk to uh, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Um, I have other things. Oh, we have Mr. Skinner uh, coming up, and I have like a bunch of stacked-up music features that we may or may not get to. So it's all uh, very exciting. All right. Hello, Kelly Clark. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm fantastic. So now I have an email regarding you that I put somewhere here. Hold on a second. Just one. Uh, somebody. Oh, here we go. Now, if, if you don't... There's really just no way to talk about this without kind of explaining the whole thing real briefly. If you don't understand the email I'm about to read or, in fact, a comment that Sarah made when Kelly first came in. So Kelly Clark from Willamette Week has been on Outlook Portland, which is the show I do Sunday mornings uh, on the CW. And you've been on twice? Yeah, I've been on twice. Twice. Once about food and once about dogs. Uh, And we were talking about uh, animals and the, uh, the recession's impact on people who have animals and can't afford to take care of them, whatever. So this is a few weeks ago, and I think the show just aired this past Sunday. 
I think. I film them out of order and then they air them and whatever. They're all, they, and I can't bring myself to look at my, I can't watch myself on TV. It freaks I can't me watch out. them either. Uh, so I don't mean to be like Johnny Neurotic, but I can't, it's just, I, like they air and then I delete them immediately. Who would ever call you neurotic? I'm just, anyway, uh, so Kelly was in the studio uh, at Outlook Portland. We're taping the show. And Cheryl, uh, late of CBS Radio, but who now, you know, she helps me book some of the guests for Outlook Portland. Cheryl was there as well. So we tape the show. The show gets done taping. Hey, great. Another one in the bag. Fantastic. Way to go, Rick Emerson. And then we're all sort of talking afterward about something or other. And Cheryl is there, and Kelly's there, and I'm, and I'm there. And the entire time that I had, the entire time I'd been filming the last two segments of the TV show, I had been sort of obsessing in my head over this fear that I had at one point while telling a charming dog story, leaned over and put my hand on Kelly's arm, which is not really like, look, it's not like I'm drugging her in the back of a van or anything, but on the other hand, it's like you probably shouldn't be doing but that. But I mean, but you and I, like, I never touched you. I can't even remember the last time I've ever touched you, so why would you want look, to, like, touch a stranger? Look, even my mother knows not to hug me, all right? Let's just be honest. I mean, that's just we're not a touching people. So did we figure out, did you, in fact... That's sure. And so I spent the fat, the last 15 minutes of the show in my head as I'm talking to Kelly. Like, part of me is having the conversation with her, but then the other, like, one of my lobes is going, I don't know, maybe you're just hallucinating it. Why would you have hallucinated that? Maybe you're projecting it. Maybe you're really subconsciously fighting off the urge to touch your arm. No, no, don't think that, because then you'll do it. No, stop. No, I think she'd finish the question. Is it our turn to talk? I don't know. Good break. <laughs> and, you know, and this is going on in my head the whole time. So we finish filming the show. Then it's Kelly and Cheryl and I. And I don't think I actually brought it up until I was on the air today. I don't think I mentioned it then. But that was exactly the same time when I referred, I introduced Cheryl to Kelly as being, quote, the Peggy to my Don. Yes, uh, as you in, called her your Peggy. Yeah, as in like a madman yeah, sort of a thing. That's all kinds of awkward. So, anywho. So that's, and you're saying uh, they're witnessing this, like, bumbling guy talking about how she's Peggy and he's Don Draper? You know, Cheryl, Cheryl has a lot of, uh, she's a good person. For what she deals with. So maybe she is. She is, I guess. See also, maybe Sarah. She is see also, my wife. See also, like, anybody who has to spend any amount of time with me. Because I'm just a big, bumbling boob of a middle-aged man, really. is just There's just no way to put a, a better face on it. That's uh, not very Don Draper of you, no. This, this email says, uh, Rick, regarding companion animals, which I guess we discussed on Sunday, I just, watched, yeah. okay. I just watched Outlook Portland. Uh, before now, I did not know that I could have had a therapeutic miniature horse. I am going to demand <laughs> one for my birthday. This is genius. So apparently at some point we talked about therapeutic miniature horses. But we all know what it was really about. <laughs> That's right. It was, so, it was an elaborate code that Kelly and I devised. Have you told them, though, how I found out about the touching incident? No. Oh, did was I? Your, was your did mom, your mom call, Please, let's pretend I didn't. Please to explain. My mom called me. It was the most creepy exchange I've ever had with my mother. She calls me, hi, honey, me and your dad are just running around town, and uh, we were listening to the Rick Emerson show, you know that show, and Rick is talking about touching you. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to explain to my mother. First of all, I had no idea what she was talking was about at first, uh, and that you were touching my mind, and there was all these problems. And you know, it, thank you for that. It was really special. Well, but I do. I have to apologize to you. I think I touched you. My mind, or I, I think I might have arm molested you. Well, because I don't. If you did, it didn't end up on camera because somebody almost certainly would have pointed it out to us. But neither one of us would have watched it because we're scared to watch. No, it. and that's it. You see, and that's the thing is, like, by <laughs> definition, the irony there, yes, is the paradox is that you and I actually wouldn't have watched it because I can't bear to look at myself on camera, despite the fact that I do have fine, delicate features. 
Okay. Um, are you on any kind of a timeline? Like, you got to skedaddle, like, right away? or no. no. you got other places to go and spread your Willamette goodness? Oh, no. I, I just spend my days waiting for time to hang out on the radio with you. Thanks so much. That's the right answer. Like, here's the thing. Like so many guys, I don't even care if you're faking that response right there. You don't even, It doesn't even have to be real. Doesn't matter. Long I would like as, to, I would like to talk these... about some deals at some point, but hey. So we come back. We will talk about Willamette Week and their recession busters issue, You're which is on. I want to know about this. It's great. And it's on stands now. It is. It is on the stands right now or on wweek.com. All right. So we'll come back. We'll talk to Kelly Clark, Liz Hummer. We'll have more news for us later on. Jim Roop, uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, and uh, any number of varied amusements. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there. We return next. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Amusements. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on in the program, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Jim Rube from CNN Radio Los Angeles. Uh, more news uh, with Liz Hummer. It, and a long list of things, by the way, that we haven't gotten to include. Uh, includes. Long list. Includes. Includes. But it's not limited to. I got this uh, Eddie Izzard thing to get to. Uh, I have to, uh, I got the, uh, Eddie Izzard thing, we got the greatest songs ever made, I got the top five, I got to get another zombie story to get to, I have another submission for the worst story in the history, uh, of the universe. Real? Oh, is this the one from last week? It's the one we never got to last week, because we had to do the face-off between the, um, you know, the fetus thing and the spider thing. Uh, and then I get this big pile of, uh... <laughs> This big pile of stories that somebody sent us about teachers who have had their licenses revoked uh, by the state of Oregon and why. And uh, and you also have that um, book, that magazine that you were showing me after the show yesterday. The Bob Barker magazine? Yes, Ooh. I have that, but it's not here. That's oh. upstairs. But it's not so. the Bob, Bob Barker you think it's even more glorious. It is. Uh, I'll just I'll skip right to the end of the page. Somebody actually sent us, it is a uh, supply catalog for federal prisons. And it's just as fantastic as you might imagine. If for no other reason than this, one of the items they sell is, I swear to God, called the anti-shank razor, which is great. That's for and it's all serious, too. And people are modeling and they're like, um, sui- like pre- preventative suicide outfits yeah. or suicide prevention outfits. They're all padded and, and there's one, and stuff. And, there's, and I guess some, some sort of like, I don't know, some garb that you dress a guy in so that he can't off himself. And it's... And you got to oh the anti hang yourself hooks. That there's like a really useful right now outside of the prison system as well. I would think so. And so you got to wonder though, like who like if, uh, who was waiting for their big modeling job to come down the pike? <laughs> and like hey, you're going to be modeling this, and it really looks as though the guy is dressed in one of those U-Haul blankets with like like one of the Tron helmets, but made out of like a soft, pliable sort of pink, spongy material. It's all together embarrassing. Yes. All right, uh, we're joined today by Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Hello. Let me ask you this. How many times uh, a month would you say you deal with somebody who calls it the Willamette Week? And as an adjunct to that question, why don't they just change it to the Willamette Week? Is it just out of spite at this point? It's spite and pride. Uh, Mark Sussman's pride, our editor-in-chief. But, I mean, isn't it incorrect? It is, and also it should probably be, you know, the Portland Weekly or something of that matter. But a long time ago, like 30 years ago, they named it Willamette Week after the river, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been that way ever since. Tradition. Uh, so it's just one of those Still things. Still on the roof just... kind of things. Tradition. We... 
Fair enough. In our office, you know, doing dances. So I'm going to work backwards from this poster I hold uh, in my hand. We're going to work from that to the recession buster stuff that is profiled on the new Willamette Week, which is on uh, finer newsstands uh, everywhere as of today. So Kristen Bowie came in. Apparently somebody dropped this off at the front desk. Now, apparently he did not actually end up appearing at this, but this is a this is a poster that was hanging up at Don't Portland State it. University. This is PSU. Uh, they were having a like a forum, a seminar, some sort of a council on ethics and social responsibility, the 2009 Student Leadership Conference. It was Friday, January 23rd, from 10.30 to 4.30 p.m. Again, the Student Leadership Conference regarding ethics and social responsibility. Keynote speaker, Sam Adams. Uh, from Portland, and I guess he didn't actually end up appearing wow. with this. So it's now, as I was saying during the break, this is like I'm one of those gold. things saying, like, Richie Valens performs here tonight. It's valuable. So there you go. All right. um, that leads us to Sam Adams, who was on the cover of the new Willamette Week. But sure. skip that, because, you know, really, everybody knows the deal. I, I think we know it. And go right to page uh, 15, which is the Recession Busters uh, segment. So, Kelly Clark? This is very cool. You know, everybody kind of needs sort of a, something to offset all of the Sam Gate, Bolita Gate. We've been calling it Bolita now, so... Write it down. Hold on. Yeah, you got a pen? a pen? All right. Bolita. Make sure. All right, there you go. Own it. Bolita. Bolita Bolero. Bo, 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 Bo. Seems like there's something else I could do with that. All right, I'm going to put it in the hopper for later. Okay, Bo Lita, got it. Bo, right. while our news team was working on that hard-hitting story, I was working on an equally hard-hitting, important journalistic story, which is Recession Busters, which was a really simple idea. It's cold, it's wet outside, you don't have a lot of money, so we just went and canvassed and asked as many local businesses if they could give us very cool, cheap, or free deals for things happening in the next two weeks. The weird part is... If they said no, then they were like, well, should we do a deal? And then they got strange. They started doing all sorts of two-for-one deals in cheese limericks and erotica contests. And uh, there is just an amazing amount of ways that you can debase and embarrass yourself and get free things or cheap things this week. Realize I don't know what we're talking about right now because you lost me at cheese limerick. So <laughs> now please do explain. Uh, cheese Limerick at Foster and Dobbs, which is a artisan foods shop in Northeast Portland. It's a really cool place. If you create a, an original cheese limerick involving the words Gouda or cheddar or Stilton of something like that, uh, you get free. I think you get 20% off your cheese. Uh, actually, I think you get 20% off anything in the store. So there you go. Excellent. That's actually a pretty simple one compared to the other ones. One of my favorite is there is a salon. It's called Ginger Salon. And the woman there who owns it, uh, bless her, this is awesome. If you recreate the boombox scene from Say Anything, yeah, the Cusack <laughs> movie from the 80s, if you stand outside of her window with a boombox and recreate the scene, she'll give you a free $75 hair treatment. That's, oh, looking. my God. I know. See, men don't have react to job. this the same way women do. That's Every genius. time, I, it's like two of my favorite. So do you have to have the song? I'm looking at it right here. Let me. I'll, I will just read this description. This is from uh, page 19 of the New Willamette Week. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, "Thank you to Ginger uh, Ginger Salon owner Deanna Everson for this sentence. Quote: If someone acts out the boombox scene from Say Anything outside my sweet window, they get a free deep treatment valued at seventy-five dollars." Uh, the uh, piece continues. That's right. The hair destination will drop a gift certificate out of its second floor window. If you John, uh, don John Cusack's trench coat and blast Peter Gabriel's in your eyes outside of the uh, salon during the hours of 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. anytime between Wednesday, January 28th and Saturday, January 31st. Excellent. I told you we have. Got Where is the salon located? Yeah, I'm going to watch. Yeah, totally. It is at. Uh, I'm glad you asked that, Sarah Dillon. Uh, <laughs> according to the Willamette Week, it is uh, no, seven. Willamette Week. I'm sorry. Willamette according Week. to Willamette Lash. Week. It is 1720 Northwest Lovejoy. So there you go. Uh, they also note, and there's a whole section here about, like, uh, as you were noting earlier, foodstuffs and so forth. And by the way, just the way to Rick Emerson's heart is through cheese. 
because uh, I don't have like a whole like I don't have a whole thing for sweets or or you know most of the time. You're kind of a savory guy. I really am. No, so uh, anything that is sort of really anything that's made out of starch or fat. I mean, that's kind of really that's where I live, uh, comestibly speaking. Not in coffee so cake you for dig, you. Yeah, yeah. So you dig potato champion, right? I well, <laughs> I was going to say first of all what. Potato Champion is a late night fry cart, like a Belgian fruit cart. Wait, it's is that the Southeast Portland? Is that the is that the one? It's by Dalton um, Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's by, by Tiny's pond. Coffee. It's by Tiny's <laughs> Coffee, you can go there at like 3 a.m. and get fries. It's pretty much the closest thing to. I mean, it's like church. Let me tell you about that place and how I came to experience the goodness of that place, which is called what? Potato Champion. Potato Champion. So after the last Rockfest uh, that our sister station uh, KUFO did, about whom we will talk more in a moment. So after Rockfest, uh, Laura and I were going home, and we live in Southeast, and we were really hungry, and we drove by, and they were all open at like, you know, like 2 in the morning yes. or something. And there was a guy there who was selling like, it was like these blackened catfish sandwiches or just something fantastic. And while we were waiting, and it was like the American thing of like, well, I... I need a meal to eat while I'm waiting for my meal to be done. And, it, like, I actually I couldn't even wait, like, the seven minutes until my sandwich was prepared. I actually needed, like, a little snack to tide me over during the cooking period. So while the guy was making my catfish sandwich, I, in fact, then walked over to the potato... Potato champion. Potato champion and got, like, a big thing of, of fries, which, I mean, really, they were... They were exceptional. I mean, it has to be said. They were really fantastic. So, so this deal is really cool. If you go in, and you can tell me the times, in a, the times in a second, if you order, excuse me, if you answer a trivia question about A, potatoes, or B, serial killers, you get a free large fry. Are you kidding or me? Or a small poutine. I am there. Canadian. Wait, is there a... Bye-bye, uh, skinny, Rick. <laughs> it's uh, so worth it. You know, but I never oh get to gosh. use my that serial killer amazing. trivia. I know. What's that stuff there that... Um, it's right next to it. It's like the, it's called Gorp or something or Yorp. It's it's in that same. It's another trailer there. Have you ever eaten that? No, that one? I haven't eaten that one. I you know I am so uh, I'm attracted to the potato uh-huh. end of the spectrum so much oh, that I, I can't even. There. I have like tunnel vision just for starch <laughs> and potato. Right, I, I agree with you on this. It's really true. Okay. Wednesday through Wednesday and Thursday, 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. To 3 a.m. So and you got, uh, some, you got a window there. Friday and Saturday, 8 to 10. So if you uh, uh, so if you answer a question either from potato history or serial killers. Uh, you will then get a free order of large fries or a small poutine, which is what? It's the Canadian gravy, fabulous cheese curd. Excellent. Yeah, you know what? All right. Well, That's the best way to explain it. I mean, really, <laughs> serial killer trivia is one of those things uh, that I, uh, you know, that I have a massive amount of, but there's really just no outlet for it. I mean, and really, finally, this this program. Thank is the you, only Mike place McKinnon of Potato Champion, for giving you a way to shine. All right. Uh, here, let me let me quiz everybody here. All right. Uh, Famed serial killer Ted Bundy uh, was attracted to women who were A, brunette, B, blonde, C, redhead, D, he didn't so much have a preference as long as you didn't make too much noise. Anyone? Isn't he blonde? I'm going to go with brunette. Liz? Everyone. No, no, no. It was, in fact, brunette. Well done, ah, Kelly five. Clark. All oh, right. Wait, you don't we can't Kelly Clark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to high five <laughs> here. I'm gonna, you teased it with your heart. A high five in my heart. Are you scooting closer to her? No, I'm scooting further away. Because somebody just said... It's so funny because uh, the, sm- the space got smaller as you say you're scooting away. <laughs> Let me just read a sampling. Here's a sampling of the emails uh, that I've gotten about uh, Kelly Clark and myself and the fact that I'm a gibbering nerd. <laughs> this one just says in all caps, no touching! Uh, which I'm assuming is an Arrested <laughs> Development thing. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I'm yeah. looking for. Uh, this one I actually won't read uh, verbatim because it's Good well, it's just well, it, it just it, uh, it just says you sound creepy? it just says hey, by the way, Rick, be sure not to stare at Kelly Clark. No, don't stare. Stop staring. <laughs> don't stare. Whatever you do. So why would he stare at me when he's got Sarah? There you go. Anyway, wow, that, all right. That just I'm just kidding. I don't know. I just didn't know how to respond to that. What do you need to?
Oh. All right. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, do you want to hear about more of these Yes, things? yes, I do, and then... And do not talk about you and no. talk about the deal. No, I do, and then <laughs> and then we're actually going to talk about matters of a purely pop culture nature, uh, and then we'll take a break. So okay. uh, we are talking to Kelly Clark. The new Willamette Week is on stands right now, the Recession Busters issue, and we should mention, actually, the KUFO thing, because if this you don't... This is really cool. And if you don't already know this, so KUFO, uh, with you know the Court and Fat Boy show, are already doing... It's every Friday, Battlestar Galactica, uh, live at 10 o'clock, no cover, until the series is done. At the Baghdad Theater on the big screen. Yes. It's it's a beautiful thing. Now, are you going on Fridays? I can't go on this Friday, but I think next Friday I'm going to be you got to go. I know. I, I I don't know. I mean, Starbucks, that tall and big. Oh, I'm so I'm so excited. Now, are you have you been watching the whole time? I have, you know, and I was I was super excited. But after the long hiatus, I'm just I'm having trouble getting back into it. I need mm. the spark isn't there anymore. See, here's the thing though. Uh, this is um, I was gonna make like a Plato's retreat joke, but I'm not gonna do that. I was gonna say if the spark is gone, the key is to go to a big room full of people who are all looking for the same thing, and then suddenly the magic is restored. Exactly. I think we'll be yelling back at the screen and talking about the fifth and just being exactly. complete better geeks together. But, but here's the thing: is actually it, it, it is quite the opposite. Actually, it's very quiet and respectful. And I, I've actually heard from some people who are like, I don't want to go to the you know see it at the theaters. It's gonna be loud, and it's really not. Uh, if you've gone to see Battlestar Galactica, the Court and Fat Boy, they put it on every Friday night. It's free. It's ten o'clock at the Baghdad until the series is done. The crowd is actually very, very attentive and respectful because, because you know, it's not like not like going to see like, you know, the Blues Brothers or something. Like you've seen a billion mm-hmm. times and it's a comedy or whatever. Like this is we're all seeing this for the first time. Like nobody knows. I mean, everybody, you know, it is a constant series of revelations. And if anybody starts to talk, I mean, there's like a serious shushing. They freak out. And one suspects that a beatdown would be, you know, the next thing on the list. So it really is a great place to see it. Also because there are so many like. What the what the hell just happened? Moments mm-hmm. that it's good to have because then you go to a break. You know they'll go to a commercial break and you can sort of you like can have a beer and then discuss. Yeah, and you can sort of kibitz among your among your friends okay. uh, about what the hell just happened and was Dia Cylon and were those her jacks that she found on planet Earth and is that why she killed herself? That's confusing. Yeah. So wow. where do you stand on the big uh, on the the big um, what's it Ellen Ty being the um, the, the fifth? Oh, uh, are Cylon. we spoiling? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I think Ty. You know. You know, or McCain, as we call him around the office. He's just, I think he might just be batty. I don't think she's the fifth. Right. I think there's still more revelations to come. See, it seems like it would be a big red herring, but Bobby, uh, Fat Boy, swears that it's not. And he says he has some sort of secret what, private knowledge. I just say he is people who. He, Maybe he's a Cylon. Let me just say this. He lords it over me that he's got Katie Sackhoff's uh, phone number. Like her cell phone number. Like, it, uh, probably, I mean, like five, six, seven, eight, nine times he's been like, you know, I got her phone you know, number you right home. Also, you could type in the name Katie Sackoff and type in any number and then show it to you. <laughs> That's a gr- I should completely do that. You should completely put the name of every cast member of Battlestar in your phone right now. That is. Okay. And Obama's special Blackberry number, too. I am totally going to do that. That's like I used to do this. <laughs> let me just say this. Here's a thing I used to do. Um, I used to uh, I used to do this thing when I was uh, when I was a teenager and uh, desperate for the uh, attention and approval of others, which has subsided, as you might have noticed. Yes. But I would sit there and I would have like the New York Times crossword puzzle, and I would find a public place and I would just sit and I would just fill it in like at an absurdly fast rate, <laughs> like with just gibberish. And then I'd say something like, "Ah, I wish they'd start making these harder," and like crumple it, throw it away, thinking that I was impressing somebody in the room. And by somebody, I mean, like, a girl who would go, like, that's the hottest thing I've ever seen. Let's yeah, have relations right now. Because high school girls totally dig the New York Times crossword puzzle. Well, if only you'd been there to correct me on these things. Mm. Uh, before we do anything else, 
Let us uh, welcome to the Rick Emerson program after a uh, three-year tour of Europe, Scandinavia, and the subcontinent, our good friend Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Hello, sir. How are hey, you today? Hey, Rick. Doing great. How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm good. It's been a while. You've been, uh, what, you're out of town, vacation? Yeah, we had different things. I was traveling, and it just didn't work, but uh, I'm back and plenty of nudity to get to, Excellent. as you can imagine. Um, I really wanted to talk this week. Um, last week, they announced the nominees for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress for the Oscars, and... What I love about uh, the list, there's five in Best Actress and five in Best Supporting. Nine out of the ten have been naked in movies. So while you're watching uh, the stars uh, stroll the red carpet, you could go to MrSkin.com and enjoy some carpet scenes, I guess. But anyway, there's uh, uh, nine out of ten have been naked. Just a rundown uh, for Best Actress, Anne Hathaway. Rachel Getting Married nomination. Great nudity in Havoc, one of the best movies of the new millennium. Uh, Angelina Jolie is up for Changeling, and uh, I don't have to tell you, Rick, that she's been naked uh, quite a few times in her career. Gia is the best movie to see her naked. Um, there's an actress that is up, Melissa Leo, for Frozen River. And she's better known probably as a stage actress, uh, very, uh, uh, very... Uh, you know, Broadway or stage actress, but she, in the 90s, she was on Homicide Life on the Street, and that's probably where American audiences would best know her from. But uh, back in the 80s, she did a movie called Street Walking, where she's very naked. So Melissa Leo has been naked. Meryl Streep uh, is up for Doubt, Best Actress. She, of course, best place to see her naked is Silkwood, uh, 24 minutes in a brief left breast flash. Uh, Meryl Streep has not done much nudity, but uh, Silkwood is, is definitely what I would recommend. Kate Winslet, nominated for The Reader. Uh, the Reader is probably one of the best movies an actress has been nominated for an Academy Award for nudity since Monster's Ball with Holly Berry. There's tons of nudity in The Reader. And, of course, Kate Winslet's been naked a ton. And uh, finally, for the supporting actresses, Amy Adams, nominated for Doubt. Great nudity in Psycho Beach Party. I'm sure you saw that, Rick. Of course. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic, sir. <laughs> it's a classic. An hour and two minutes in. Great butt shot. Penelope Cruz up for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I recommend a movie she did in her native Spain before she hit it big here called Haman. Haman. Uh, very naked in that. Uh, Taraji, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, Taraji P. Henson is up for the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Definitely check out Baby Boy, a movie she did a few years back, 41 minutes in. Great sex scene, uh, great nudity from her. Um, Marissa Tomei is nominated for The Wrestler. Great nudity in The Wrestler. And also last year, my favorite nude scene of 2007 was Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, Marissa Tomei. And uh, the only actress not naked, Viola Davis from Doubt. And uh, 9 out of 10, that's not too bad, Rick. So uh, these are the uh, Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress nominees. 9 out of 10 have been naked. i got to say two things, uh, both of them sort of uh, based on the wrestler. One, Marissa Tomei with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And that scene is sort of the good news, bad news. Well, on the yeah, one hand, right. you got Marissa Tomei, and on the other hand, you got the big sort of large whale-like Philip Seymour Hoffman who's kind of humping it out right there. And he, he's right. like, you got sort of like half of your, you have to kind of turn off one of your eyes. Uh, exactly. Uh, but you know what? If you fast forward later in the movie, she has a great scene with Ethan Hawke in the kitchen. So you don't have to worry that your only nudity and before the devil knows your dad is with Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman. There's I mean, because otherwise it's like, you know, it's like a bacon and ice cream thing. You know, nobody <laughs> wants that. Um, and just uh, my, uh, my final question is, uh, since The Wrestler came out, um, and we were mentioning you were going to be on today, I got a couple guys who emailed and they asked about Evan Rachel Wood. Um, and I'm not even... Here's the yeah. thing about Evan Rachel Wood. I'm not even sure how old she is at this point. Is well, 
oh, she's only like 20. Yeah, so, and I, I think the first time I saw it was in like that that 13 movie, which was like an altogether horrifying yeah. film. But, um, but so I don't know, so she's uh, so she's 20 years old, so I don't know if she's done any nudity at this yeah, point or if it's has. on the horizon. Uh, actually, she's been in the news because supposedly after the uh, one of the award shows, she hooked up, uh, allegedly was seen leaving with Mickey Rourke, which is never good. <laughs> but um, check out a movie called Across the Universe. It came out in 07. It's a Beatles uh uh, a movie, a little about the Beatles, sort of, kind of, and she is topless in that. So, yes, even though she's only, um, you know, 20 or 21 years old, she's been naked across the universe if, uh, for those guys who want to see Evan Rachel Wood naked. Excellent. As always, you are doing the Lord's work, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. All right, we'll talk to you next time. There you go. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. I love that guy. All right. Me too. I've missed him. The 18 to 44-year-old male demographic, thy name is boobs. All right. Um, a beach party? No, nah, it's... Here's the thing. Have you ever heard him before, Mr. Skin? Mm-hmm. It's... I mean, it, and it's... He, I mean, he really is... It's like a Rain Man sort of a how many toothpicks have you dropped sort of a thing. Uh, because I, I actually asked him one time, I think off the air, I think I emailed him. I'm like, dude, I'm like, do you have... I, I said, do you have, like, Google or some sort of an index thing? And he said, he told me flat out, he's like, no, he's like, it's my only skill. It's the only thing I can do. He said, if you ask me when somebody showed their boobs, like, I can tell you when and what year and how far into the movie. He's like, I, I, I'm sorry. I, it's all I can do. He but didn't he, apologize for that. He should be proud of yeah, that skill. And I asked him, I said, how do your parents feel about this? And he said that his parents, you know, they said that, that, that they, they're they glad that, they, that he has turned an adolescent, uh, you know, fixation into. I mean, really, it is kind of an only in America sort of a story. I mean, they don't, you know, you couldn't make a living doing that in Iran. There's just no. Uh, <laughs> and that really is what sets us apart as a people. And I think you know I'm speaking the truth. All right. Uh, we are here with Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Also Liz Hummer from uh, formerly of LivePDX.com. And you also have a blog that we'll, uh, be, uh, oh, we'll put a yeah. uh, link up to and so forth. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Uh, are you guys, uh, you have to uh, take off? Are you staying? Are you going? What's up? I can stay for a while. I can tell you about more good deals if you like. Excellent. And then we'll talk about The Wire. Because it's been almost a week since I've talked about The Wire. So and that's far too long. Like we're due. All right, we'll come back after this. Kelly Clark, Liz Hummer, Jim Root from CNN Radio Los Angeles. More of your phone calls and uh, more amusements. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Back after this. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Join us tomorrow, by the way, when our guests will include famed makeup artist Tom Savini, uh, who is also hosting, by the way, the new uh, double-disc 30th uh, anniversary retrospective for Friday the 13th called His Name is Jason, uh, which is released on Anchor Bay Home Entertainment uh, DVD next Tuesday. Uh, So Tom Savini tomorrow. Also, uh, Dan Hanico from Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, who will be counting down the top five uh, trashiest classic novels of all time. Uh, and uh, Dave Schmidtke, who will be filling in at the news desk tomorrow. It's 503-733-2970. I'm just going to say, by the way, uh, not only was there a baby named after me, but oh, God. I'm just saying, you know, somebody might have just tuned in, or maybe they, uh, they're they on their lunch break right now, and they might not have heard the joyous news. Kelly, 
Okay. Right. It's official. Someone named a truck after Sarah. <laughs> it's true. Also, somebody named April emailed in, and April said, by the way, uh, Rick, I also named my ferret Emerson. So just so you know. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. How can I help you today? Hi, you were talking about Frank Langella earlier. I'm sorry, about who? Frank Langella in the Nixon show. Frank Langella, yes. But did you see him in when he played Dracula in the 70s? That was a good, good movie. No, uh, when I think of Frank Langella, here's what I think of. When I think of Frank Langella, I either think of him as William S. Paley in Good Night and Good Luck, in which he says the greatest thing. He says, let's walk carefully through these next few moments. Uh, also, he's Nixon, and then he is that creepy guy, Count What's-His-Guts, in um, in the Adrian Lyne version of Lolita, uh, which is a, kind of, you know, just a very weird and challenging film anyway, like uh, under the best of circumstances, but he just raises the creepiness to, like, it's just exponentially greater when he's on the screen. But I have not seen him in Dracula. What is it? What film is it? Oh, I don't know. It was a 70s movie. It was Dracula. It was called Dracula. He was the star. He was young. He had a full head of thick, dark hair. He was handsome. And then I didn't hear about him for years. Some, and I'm like dating Whoopi Goldberg. I'm going, ooh, who's that old man? And I'm like, oh, I can't believe that was him because when I was a teenager, young teenager in the 70s, I had his poster on my wall. <laughs> you're, you're sure this is Frank Langella and not Christopher yes. Lee? No, 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 no. Frank Langella did a Dracula movie in the mid-70s because right. I'm older than you are. <laughs> well, that's By nice of you to say years, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, okay, now I have to go look it up then. Oh, it was, a, it was a good movie, and it was the one where he was so good looking in that movie, it was like, oh, come bite me. <laughs> and now I can't believe how old and, oh, God, he looks. <laughs> but, he didn't age well. But you'd still have relations with him probably. Well, I, I try not to watch them now because it ruins that good memory from the 70s. Fair enough. All right. Thank you so much. Best show ever. All right. Thank Love you. Guys. There you Bye. go. All right. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like looking at Linda Carter these days. You just sort of, you know, that's a that's a file I don't wish to overwrite inside my own brain. Um, I mean, not everybody can age like Barbara Eden. Also, the thing about Franklin Jello, two other things. One. He is responsible for saying the worst line in the abomination that was Superman Returns when he says, does Superman fight for truth, justice, ellipsis, and all that stuff? Uh, so there was that. But also, the next time you're watching, let's say, uh, like Revenge of the Sith or something, and you're looking at Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee and Frank Langella really are these weird sort of, uh, uh, they're kind of these alternate world versions of each other. They're very similar. So there's like a Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman thing uh, going on with those two. All right. In just a moment, we'll be rejoined by Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, uh, the home of stellar journalism. Uh, at the moment, though, we will go to the news desk and talk to Liz. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. I forgot all about the news. <laughs> We're having so much fun talking about other things. Um, so I'm going to stick with a story that's just equally as ridiculous as we are being <laughs> today has been. Yeah. It has um, sort of it sort of has been one of those days. Yeah, so, it's great. Yeah. Um Blowfish testicles poison seven diners in Japan. So blowfish testicles prepared by an unauthorized chef sickened seven diners in northern Japan and three remained hospitalized. And you're sure the testicles were from a blowfish? Well <laughs> yeah. I mean just word like just so we can be clear about these things. It's poisonous. You know, yeah. so, they were prepared prepared by a chef who did not uh, have the training to do so, who's now being um, charged with professional negligence. Oh, because this is that no, no, this is uh, they call it that uh, fugu fish, I think is what it's called, mm -hmm. and that's what it's like. But it's like some weird. It's one of those things that guys get together, and it's like uh, you know, it's a it's a 
Somebody's compensating for something because they all get together in a restaurant and it's like, can you eat it without dying? Because because I think it's the liver specifically that is incredibly neurotoxic. And if you have any of the blowfish liver, that will in fact kill you almost instantly. Uh, By the way, it'll keep you long, uh, keep you alive just long enough so that there's, um, I think, uncontrollable vomiting, convulsions, and difficulty breathing. uh, Paralysis. Paralysis, profuse sweating, and Mm -hmm. I think also drooling. So that's a bad way to die. That's just unattractive. No, no one should do these things. All right. Here's uh, Liz Hammer, ladies and gentlemen. Um, someone that might look like that, actually, Amy Winehouse. They're going to do a documentary on her, apparently. Were you here? I, and please forgive me for confusing me with somebody else. Were you? Was it you that was doing the news that day that there was a story about her crawling around on all fours like a common dog? I don't think that was me. No, I think you might remember that. There was somebody, I forget exactly when it was, like a week or so, maybe two ago. We had some story about Amy Winehouse, who was at a resort somewhere. So it wasn't like she was just walking around, like, in public. It was sort of a place where you... Like you, oh, yeah, like she's you had been, to sort of make an appointment to be there. Island on vacation. And she was, they <laughs> wouldn't serve her anymore at the bar. I mean, like, they, there was, a, like, she had, like, a blurry photo taped up next to the cash register, like, do not accept checks from or serve. And she was trying to get more booze, and they said, I'm sorry, Miss Winehouse, you, mm. you seem a little loaded. Please go away. And so instead, and there were all of these glorious photographs done really only the way that the sun can do them. I mean, it was no, I just... Have them on, you should go to my website, and I, I have them oh, on there. Really? It's like, crawling around. it's like some <laughs> like of the best dog. photojournalism you have ever seen in your life. Where, with like 17 glasses. And she is literally, though, <laughs> crawling around <laughs> on all fours at the resort. and But she's not content to crawl around like a common barnyard animal. She is, in fact, crawling underneath the tables of other unsuspecting diners. And then at a certain point, like, thing like a hand would sort of, like, she would snake her hand over the table and, like, try to steal their drinks and crawl away with them. Which is just, it's just wonderful on, like, a hundred different levels. Because, first of all, I mean, leave aside the issue that Amy Winehouse is crawling around on all fours when she must know that she's being photographed at every single moment in her life. I just like the idea that... I just love the notion that there's, let's say, because it was some sort of like a swank kind of upscale exclusive resort where one goes to rekindle love or, you know, whatever. And I like the idea that there's like, you know, the man and the woman sitting across the table from each other and they've had a satisfying day of being in the sun and the surf and perhaps they've gone to take in exquisite works of art and now they've enjoyed a fine meal and they're at a candlelit table and they've had a few glasses of the finest red wine and they are gazing longingly and lovingly into one another's eyes, pondering the rich pageant of life and the many threads that make up the tapestry. Wait, hold. Did you, did you bump the table? No. Anyway, and so I can only say, maybe as I look into your eyes, that I, whose hand is that? Oh, my hands are all over here. Whose hand? Oh, my God, it's Amy Winehouse. And then you look down at Amy Winehouse. That'd be in, awesome. I'd totally give Amy Winehouse my drink. And, and in my head, though... That's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, she looks like that thing in the new Body Snatchers movie, like the recent one where it's like <laughs> like the like the cow with the human face that looks up and is all like, yeah, and then she's reaching, and then she just runs away with the glass. So, I mean, there's just no... There's nothing you could do that would prepare you for your evening to end that way. So, I'm so I'm happy for any, any news about Amy Winehouse at all. Well, so I'm looking at this now, and you're saying that this happened after that rugby player left, because she was with, seen with this very fit young dude on vacation and i thought maybe she was but seen, looking seen with him right? like a uh i don't i don't think i remember him was he was he hot yeah oh yeah but i mean was she with him in like a biblical year old well but i mean were they just sort of photographed standing next to each other or was she actually with they were kissing at least see but who oh god i mean there's not but enough probably getting exposed like put your face in a plate of boric acid after that exactly. i mean 
not enough shots in the world, baby. I mean, there's no, thank you, no. That's like, look, God blessed him in all of his recent success, but that's like that thing of Evan Rachel Wood making out with Mickey Rourke. I mean, no, no, I'll, yeah, no, I'll pass. Living. No, not if you were the last misshapen man on earth. I don't think so. So, all right, well, in any event. Uh, let's well, do, uh, the documentary's got to be better than the Britney one. Well, is it is it done, or are they filming it now? Uh, they're working on it, I guess. It's t- called Saving Amy, okay. and oh. the, her, his father, her father is doing a well, commentary. No. Well, that's almost certainly an inaccurate title, by the way. Also, I mean, I guess maybe they're doing the documentary on Amy Winehouse now is like that thing that journalists do where they write the obituary where you're still alive, because they figure at some point, like, Andy Dick has to die, and so you got to be able to be like print, and then it uses up, and then you just insert the whole. You know, it was like it was like Sonny Bono died, and then I swear to God, like five seconds later, it was on. Did Sonny Bono died, hit a tree, and you know, at the age of 48, and it was done. It, like except for the actual details of the death. So maybe that's the thing with the Amy Winehouse documentary. Good yeah, God. get it in the can while you can. Uh, well, that's my motto. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do one more, and then we'll talk to Kelly Clark. How about a Jackson watch? How about a Jackson watch? Here is your Jackson watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Here is Liz Hummer with your Jackson watch for Wednesday. Remember the good old days when he was just a pop star, young, regular looking? <sighs> kind of. But, you know, really, with every passing year, mm-hmm. less and less so. I, uh, that's well, a thing that I can kind your, of remember. The zombie obsession from earlier. Thriller is being turned into a Broadway musical. Well, Buy your tickets now. I can't believe that hasn't actually already happened. I mean, that is sort of inevitable. It did seem like it was just a matter of time. Because Jackson is... I forget, I, I forget what comparison I was making the other day, but, I mean, that really is... Uh, that, you know, that's that's the that is the touchstone to which he can always return. Right. I mean, that's like whenever at slack moments, whenever we start to forget about him or he gets overshadowed by some sort of hideous, if likely true allegation, he can just sort of thriller is the bright, shiny object that Jackson can always take out and wave and go. Yeah, but look at this. Remember, thriller? This. who loved thriller yeah. and which in retro. Here's the thing. And here, the, the thing about thriller. Thriller is. A lot like Thriller is sort of a pop version of that Nevermind the Bollocks album by the Sex Pistols. I love the Sex Pistols, and, and, and there's some great singles on there. But here's the thing about Nevermind the Bollocks is it's really not that great of an album. Like, front to back, it's not that strong of an album in the sense that every – like, there's a, there's, there's, some, there's a lot of filler on there. I mean, you got a lot of great singles on Nevermind the Bollocks. you got the uh, Holidays in the Sun, Anarchy in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, Pretty Vacant, uh, God Save the Queen. You know, and then the rest of it is sort of a mixed bag, which you may or may not like. Same thing with Thriller, where uh, Thriller has, uh, you know, it obviously has the title track. It has uh, Beat It. It has Billie Jean. The That's thing all is, you need to know. I'm just saying it gets a disproportionate amount of praise because of the crossover uh, appeal of Beat It as compared with Off the Wall, which is a much stronger record front to back. Wait a minute. Which one, which one is Mama, Mama Say, Mama Son, and Makasan on? Wow. <laughs> please, please to do that again. What is it? The Mama Say, Mama Son, Mama Son song. What is the name of that song? I don't really know. I'm, I'm just. Am I speaking uh, in tongues? me. I just keep. I'm just thinking about how if I was high, that'd be the funniest <laughs> thing that I'd ever heard. Like a friend of mine who sat at a party one time, I just started saying macadamia over, like over and over again. And then later, I came by and he was going gazebo, and then giggling uncontrollably. I was just trying to point out that there's better songs on Thriller, and also there's the duet with what Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. 
Yeah. yeah. No, always mine. Uh, are you going to discount that? I don't know. I find it to be. I find it to be overly cloying. I'm just looking at that Thriller's great record. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it, it's a great record, but I think that Thriller is, in my opinion, it is a record that that its sort of reputation uh, now and it certainly its sales then were largely propelled by by Billy Jean and by Beat It, which are great songs. Don't get me wrong, great songs, but vastly better than the rest of the album. It's not like one of those records. It's not like a whatever. It's not like a Back in Black or something that is just strong all the way through every single track. See also Nevermind the Bollocks. You know, very good record. Not a classic record all the way through. Mm. But, you know, hey, but you know what? It's America. Make it, you know, you squeeze that dime out of there any way you can. Even make a musical into that. If, you can, if they can make a thriller breakfast cereal, fine. That's what this country well, is all about. Well, they need a sure hit during this economy on Broadway, you know? Yeah. And he's involved. That's the, that's the, the thing. It's, there's a show in London right now, actually, already. Really? They've actually, live. they've made, now is it just, like, have they constructed some sort of a plot around it? Or is it just, yeah, like, interpretive dance to the music of? Oh, the zombies interpretive dance. Wait, based so around the, the video. Based around the video. So it's just Thriller, the zombie one, not Thriller, the album. Well, oh, yeah, it's hmm. just around the, that song. Because it's a specific song. Like, there's probably not a way. Okay, so not the whole album, then. All right, well, there you go. Zombies, werewolves. Undead. Well, this is the right time for that. And by I the way, zombies and werewolves. We need it. I got three different things to say about this. One, Aaron Duran can do uh, Vincent Price's entire thriller rap like at the drop of a hat. Like you would just ask him to do it, and he can uncork I'm the whole have thing. Him do it now. Do you have his? Uh, do you have his phone number? Yes. All right. Well, should I call him the warm line? Yeah. You see if you can call Aaron, and we'll have him do the whole thriller rap over the phone. Richie, don't pick up the phone. I'm using it. It's like the highlight of my day. Also, really, how unbelievably sad that is. I work at a print journalism outlet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything more. I've been I've 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 been too snarky this week already. I spent seriously. I spent like ten minutes yesterday yelling uh, into this microphone about the poor grammatical skills at the uh, at the Oregonian and how uh, and really how like at the very least you could learn how to use a comma correctly and how a comma is different from a colon in terms of their usage. <laughs> and by the way, how video game titles. Hey, uh, we're talking about. Sorry, that's okay. No, don't worry. I'm just talking about commas. Uh, and how. Um, and how uh, video game titles like the uh, titles of movies uh, and books are italicized, not put in quotation marks, which yes. is something that escaped the three different people who worked on the front page above the fold article in uh, the Oregonian. But what right. about names of songs? Names of songs are put in quotation marks. Oh, yeah. There you go. See? There yeah. you go. Yeah. You are now officially overqualified to work at the Oregonian. <laughs> All right. By the way, it's also good to uh, to use almost exactly the same sentence five different times in that same article when you describe the suspect as a quiet man who kept to himself. You got to just pound it into reader's skulls. Yes. Repetition. All right. Don't even get me started. Or he's on his... trying to hide under his cubicle. Really? He's going to get in trouble. Okay. No, I, was, I wasn't trying to be snarky just now, by the way. I just didn't want you to have to be exposed to another comma argument I over know, here. I know. I heard it. I can still hear it in this area. What's the wrong be- with snark? By the way, the best part, I'm just going to revisit this one thing. The best part uh, yesterday in the Oregonian was how we were then moving on to, they were talking, it was a profile of you know, and it, it okay. Was, All right, okay, I'm gonna put you on hold. Hang on a second. All right, are we done? Yeah. Are we, okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Aaron Duran. Hello, sir. Hello. Go. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. does he not know? No, no, he knows. Okay, yes. Now, There's please to do the Vincent Price thriller rap. Do I have to do it in Vincent Price's voice? You can yeah. do it in whatever voice you like. You can do it in the voice of the guy from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I wouldn't make it through. Sort of. A, wait a minute. All right, go ahead. I can't do it. All right, go ahead, sir. Uh, it would be, um, darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. <clears throat> the foul stench is in the air. The funk of 40,000 years. And grizzly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And
And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the three. Excellent. Well done. Insert, and then, then you insert Vincent Price's act, which only Vincent Price can do. Excellent. Congratulations. All right. I have no life. Uh, no, <laughs> Thank no, you, you, you have no life, but you have a wife. And you know what? At this point, uh, folks like you and I will settle for that. That's right. No, there you go. Thank you, sir. Thank All you. Right. Aaron Duran, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Fantastic. All right. And I'd just like to say the... Uh, Tiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. All right. That's wonderful. There you go. Uh, and so forth. And by the way, I will say this. Here's the... If you meet enough guys, like let's say Aaron or myself, you'll note that that phrase is also always reflexively used at the end of anything like that, where, like, I, for example, list all 29 original Kiss albums, like in the chronological order, which uh -huh. takes you up to 1985. It's always like, you know, or, um, you know, if I want to, uh, if I want to uh, list off um, all characters in Futurama seasons one through four in order uh, of appearance on the program, it is always then reflexively followed with silence, followed by. What? I got a woman? And then, you know, and then more silence. So there you go. Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Uh, well, it's me, Rick. Dennis, how you doing? Oh, hello, Dennis. Pittsburgh. How are you today? Uh, good. You know, I, uh, I apologize. You had told me to uh, g come in and say hi on Wednesday, and uh, I'm uh, off uh, tramping around the automotive world, but I just want to say hi. I cannot follow Aaron Duran, Geek in the City. And really, no one can. I, I cannot follow that. I just wanted to say hi and, uh, you know, give my two cents worth. I really don't have much to say, but just go to the auto show next week, and I got 50 tickets to give away on the show this week. Were you supposed to be in the studio today? Yeah, I was. I'm sorry about that. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, that, was a, that was about as It's I'm, a bit I'm of an overscheduled program today anyway, so. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll start coming on your show on Sundays. All right. Well, no. All right. Uh, so I'll tell you what. Do me a favor. Today is Wednesday. Uh, are you going to be around tomorrow? So we will track you down tomorrow. We'll do a longer version of this whole thing. Uh, are you talking to me? Yes. Yes, I am. If I, if I am invited, you know I will show up. There is uh, no other place I'd rather be but my own show. All right. I'll tell you what. We'll find you tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll set aside more time. I apologize that the uh, the show was a little overpacked today. And I actually, it's my fault. I sort of uh, forgot that uh, Wednesday was also Dennis Day. All right. Don't worry about it, man. It's our best show ever. All right. Thank you. There you go. All right. Oh, I love it. We're going to go through a couple more. Of, Jesus. Um, yes. Yes, we are. And then we'll talk. Uh, and then we'll oh, renew this call. Then we'll talk more to Kelly Clark from Alamo Week. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. I just called back on a little update on that 39th situation. This is the 39th uh, closed Burnside to Ankeny. Yeah, I apologize. One, I'm riding my bike. And two, I've been away from radio for a half hour. So I don't know if anybody's called. But uh, No, we don't think we know anything about but it. But before you go on, let me clarify. Are you, in fact, riding your bike moving forward now as you were speaking to us on the cell phone? I got off the bike there. Oh, all right, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Safety first. Yeah. It's really loud. I apologize. But uh, there's a business. I don't know if I should say the business in the area. And the rumor going around there, I heard is that so there was a body. Well, let's not say the business since you followed it with and there's a body. So, uh, what is the? What do you mean there's a body? Yeah. I mean I understand what that means linguistically, but like in this case specifically, what are you talking about? Uh, well, I just uh, it's a business you frequent in that area on Burnside and. Uh, I know somebody there, and the, the talk there is that there was a body found. That's all I know. That's oh. all I... oh, I see. So the scuttlebutt at this business is that there was a, and I think I know the business to which you're referring, by the way, uh, and th there was a body found somewhere in the immediate vicinity of 39th and Burnside slash Ankeny. So gossip. All right, all right. Is it, now, is it cleared up at all? Do you know if it's still like, because we there was that, and then it was a, sort of an unfortunate coincidence that there was a funeral procession actually going through at the same time, so it was a whole lot of traffic. And bad. wasn't there a story 
yeah. at, the, at the beginning what, that, that someone thought that somebody had shot themselves in their driveway? Well, the story that we had initially heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, we never did find, uh, we never found verification of this, and we're not likely to because, of course, the Portland media chooses, except for us, chooses not to report uh, suicides. So the, the story we had heard of that somebody had uh, had kind of off themselves in that yeah. area, but I don't know if it's true or not. So, right. well, thank you for the right. update, sir. Thank you, Mister. Right, thank you. I just got the. I'm sorry to follow up, but this, but I just got the best text message from Aaron. He said the guy. <laughs> Yes. Uh, who's using the facilities uh, in the neighboring stall next to me now thinks I'm some nut job that recites 80s songs on the toilet. <laughs> he was doing it in the bathroom? <laughs> in the bathroom. All right. Well. Yeah, because he couldn't, he couldn't do it at his desk or else he got in trouble. Because that would be weird. You don't want to be at your yeah. desk reciting the uh, the Vincent Price thriller rap. Be sure to do that while you're in a toilet. Yeah. You get a race for that. Jesus. All right. Hello, Kelly Clark. How are you? Hi. I'm doing okay. On a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, not your scale of 1 to 10 again. On a scale of 1 to pi, Kelly Clark. <laughs> Uh, exactly how much better do you feel about yourself and your own social skills after hearing Aaron and I uh, talk about, um, let's say, the Vincent Price through the rap? I don't know. I, you know, I'm kind of like a girl geek. Are geeks just guys? Because I don't think so. No, no not I'm at all. Did you see what I was doing while Aaron was doing that? I was no. mouthing every word silently. Really? <laughs> In fact, I think he skipped a verse. Can you do it from memory? No, I can't. And that's why now I was freaking up. And that's why I didn't say he skipped a verse because I can't remember what How much did. of it could you do from the beginning if you had to? Um, like, literally, if your life depended on it. My like life a, depended on it. Let's say terrorists have I your family. And I started doing the dance because I can do the dance. The, you know, well, as everybody can now. Note that I, Rick Emerson, am not, quote, asking Kelly Clark to do a dance <laughs> for me or for anyone here in the studio. So, yeah. So, if I had the dance, I, I think I could do a fair amount of it. I think he did an excellent job. So, what did he so if I find Thriller for you on here, do you wanna, would you do the dance? What if we found yeah, a karaoke that's version? Special, but that's not, like, a special ta- talent anymore. Ever Are you kidding me? Online. I wouldn't know how to do it. I said you know, when I was a kid. Not at all. No, that's a, that is a rarefied ability if you have that. Yeah, yeah, not everybody can do that. Yeah, it's interpretive dance. What line do you... Th- after my name. What line do you think he skipped from the, uh, from the Vincent Price Thriller? No, Bryce I honestly can't remember. But you just your sense, your gut my feeling. Gut is, my gut is somewhere after the first verse, he misspoke and went straight to the bridge. All right. Here's the thing. <laughs> and by the way, and I think I speak for all men in the audience right now when I say that that really is righteous. So that's okay. quite something. And we haven't even talked about Tron yet. No. And, you know, I was going to say, the weird thing is I knew you wanted to talk about Tron. And Tron is kind of like my, my geek blind spot. Cause my dad used to watch, watch it all the time when I was a kid, and I can't stand it. I'm sorry. Well... Here's the thing. It's not traditionally speaking maybe a very good film, although they are making a second one. Yeah, I was going to say, you know they're redoing it. They are making Tron 2.0. Also, Tron is responsible. I mean, the movie has some sort of relative merits, but it really is responsible for one of the greatest arcade games of the 80s. Okay. So, uh, But right. the thing is, is that I might be able to give it another shot because this is what we're talking about, is that one of the deals is that Baghdad Theater is doing a cheapo deal on, on Tron. They're going to have Tron on the big screen. And if you go to, I think it's the Saturday, January 31st, screening at 11 o'clock and say copy blue leader you can get him for a buck 50 really i'm turning into geek central over here. i know well, i know it was bound to happen so they've got that you know and uh so that's the deal they're doing with us so if you say copy blue leader 11 o'clock showing saturday january 31st you get him for a dollar 50 which for a dollar 50 i will give tron another shot well you know and that booze really is a, yeah. booze really is a sort of um it's a quality lubricant, yeah. uh, you know, meaning uh, things that maybe don't look so great when you're sober, they can become actual works of art, you know, if you're intoxicated <laughs> enough. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again at the news desk, Ms. Hunter. 
Oh, I thought you were going to do the little music thing. Oh, I could. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do the music thing right here. And now, from the CBS <laughs> Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. I need a trigger, otherwise I can't <laughs> start doing it. If you come um, back again, we'll get you a big red nuclear first strike button you can press excellent. that just fires that sound effect. Awesome. All right. Well, um, in the spirit of deals, here's a story out of Orlando, and I'm going to... Is that in Florida? I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, oh, Rick. Thanks so much. We yeah. have a sounder that we play um, for Florida. It's a competition yeah. to Rick and I. I always Wonderful. win. Wonderful. Who has to find it first? I didn't even know that it was coming. I didn't even know. You know, I, I recently watched Eagle vs. Shark, and they play a game. They're, in, they're like total misfits in right. New Zealand. And they play a game where you have to spot a horse and just say, horse, horse. And can, I, can I tell you this? Really Retarded. Speaking of spotting, you didn't. Speaking of spotting a horse and saying horse, I have uh, my wife has a good friend who just to amuse herself raised her children to believe that horses were cows and cows were horses. Just as like a social experiment wow, to see what, mother. see how long it'll last. You know, and the kid is. I mean, she. I, I don't think she's a bad parent like in any other way, and that's not even really bad so much as it is just interesting. <laughs> but isn't that why people have kids to mess with their minds? Totally, and, true. and her whole deal is just to roll the kid out into the world and see what happens the first time the kid sees a, ho- a horse and goes, "That's a cow." And then they go, no, 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 this is a kind of goes, no, 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 that's a horse, dude. And then, like, how quickly the argument will escalate. So, I'm sorry, go ahead, Liz. Brilliant, I love it. Anyway, in Florida, uh, some several bars offered two hours of free drinking. Portland bar owners, take note. And maybe Willamette Week could help make this happen. We, of course, don't encourage the abuse of one's body. I've got one that's kind of like this. This is great. Uh, Eastburn on Eastburn side. Oh, they love that patio. Yeah. This is so great. I had no idea that they do this. For your birthday and only on your birthday, you and nine of your friends can drink free for one hour. Which Nine? is like the most amazing idea ever. Nine. So ten people total you can drink. And I think there's a couple, you know, you, a couple restrictions. But mostly free beer, free wine, whatever you want for one hour. You have to sign up a week in advance. But for your birthday, you can drink free at Eastburn, which... Why didn't I know that a month ago? I was... I... I I'm so, so your friends can all give you the the gift of alcohol poisoning and a stomach pumping later on. So that's what brings families and right. together. No, it is. You know what it is. It's, it's a, not just a lubricant. It's also a glue. <laughs> it's a magical substance. Uh, all right. Well, in any event, well, Florida doesn't really seem like they need any uh, additional alcohol infused into the collective bloodstream. Whereas Portland, well, it does. Portland can always use more. more all right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Liz Hummer at the news desk. Um, good old Blago. I think that's how people Blagojevich. Blagojevich. Love to say that. Yeah, that guy's fantastic. He's really one of the best things that's ever happened to the news. <laughs> I love that guy. I really do. He um recently said that he considered Oprah to appoint to the Senate seat. I saw him. He floated that. It was on drugs the other day, and it's one of those things that is probably a little bit of. I mean, it's kind of a retconning sort of a thing where he's saying it after the fact, but it doesn't matter. That guy. I'm telling you, everybody should take a lesson from him. That is a guy who knows how the American public thinks, and he knows how the American brain operates. Because they're actually doing, like, like actual hearings. Like, there's an impeachment trial going on that he is just opting not to even go to. Yeah, he instead he is just going on Larry King and Oprah. And yeah. That's where he said this, yeah. Totally. I mean, he knows what America is. Like, America's going to turn on. No, let's go home and turn on C-SPAN so we can watch every second of those impeachment hearings. Uh, he knows that everybody's, you know, they're just going to go home and they're going to turn on The View, which is where he was Monday morning, Absolutely. by the way. Absolutely. And he refused their hair and makeup, you know. Well, because that hair. He had to do his own. I don't know. That you amazing. Don't wanna, you don't want to mess with perfection. That that's uh, going on. That's like one too many brush strokes on a Picasso if you screw with that guy's hair. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I thought it was, uh, well, she's, she's Chicago, you know, Illinois, mm-hmm. yeah. seemingly. Seems to be uh, what we might call systemic corruption. 
uh, in that city. So you know, she I said think- that she seemed to be someone who had helped Barack Obama in a significant way to become president, and she had a much broader bully pulpit than a lot of senators. You know, uh, one will never go wrong pandering to the great unwashed. I mean, there's just really, I mean, I think uh, you know that really is the way to fame, fortune, success, and possibly avoiding jail time in this country. So good for him. Well done. Uh, we should take a break here so we don't get totally behind. Uh, we'll come back. More around the corner. Like us at 3. Mike O'Mara Show at 7. Stay there, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Emerson Radio Program. This is really... I remember watching this as a kid and being terrified. Now I see why. Directed by anyone? John Landis. I'm sorry. Normally when I do that, it's just... <laughs> here's the thing. Normally when I say that, it's because I don't think anybody knows that it's, it's a passive way for me to go, look how smart I am with knowledge that impresses no one. Oh, I'm so sorry that I robbed you of that. Directed by... And then you say, I don't know, I'm just a girl. And then I say, John Landis. Boy, how cool is this? And how great was Vincent Price? And though you fight to stay alive, your body... you got to do the dance. They're not dancing right now. I know. Almost, though. They're forming. There's a formation. I'll do it in the crowd. Jordan. That is so great. There you go. It's just called Zombie House, right? Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. By the way. You are a girl geek. I love it. I want to note for the record that I am averting my eyes while Kelly, quote, dances. Oh, my God. That's totally right it. Have to you seen the, the head back thing? Yeah, I got the head back thing. Wait. Right here. Just let me know when it's done. <laughs> you have to look. Looking straight ahead. Oh, wait. There's a show. This is so awkward. This is so awkward. Awesome. <laughs> like now they're doing this. Uh, okay. This is so rad. Okay. Now, if she's doing that, if there's like a shimmying happening next to me, I definitely can't look at it. That's just that. Uh, Let's just... All right, we, uh, I'm just saying, I, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't wish to be accused of uh, lechery or anything. All right. Are we all done? That's great. All right. It's 503-733. But why is this happening? All, look, I'm not complaining. I'm just asking. Isn't this like the ninth time in the past month that I've been in the, in the where it's like three women and then me in the studio? Oh, you're Which is saying. And again, you just, love it. before I, well, I'm just saying, before I get, you know, a bunch of guys email like, F you, I have to work with a bunch of sweaty dudes. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's just sort of an interesting dynamic uh, that hasn't really ever happened and then recently seems to be happening all the time. So also... Uh, just FYI for uh, the people who care, and I understand that that is probably no one. I can't do the Vincent Price thing from Thriller, but I can, in fact, do his entire spoken word section from Alice Cooper's Welcome to My Nightmare, uh, where he um, 
which is the part at the end of um, it's a part of the at the end of Devil's Food that goes right into the Black Widow, where Vincent Price is leading everybody through a museum and he goes right to the spider section. Wow. Oh, see, now now you're just faking it. Now I can spot that that's not sincere. All right, we're here with uh, Kelly Clark, uh, with whom we will spend uh, more time in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, once again. Do you want me to play the sounder? Let's do that. Yes, please. It's Liz Hummer at the now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Here's a shameless reference to my blog, which I really hate even saying, because everyone has a blog, and it's always just like, oh, my blog this, my blog that. But anyway, what's, your blog? what's the name of your blog, Liz? It's called Pony Tales, and it's a reference Tales, like, to... Tales, not like... Yeah, like uh, story tales. Okay. But, it's a reference to Portland, New York, yeah. P.O., New York. And I should say, oh. by the way, that I actually, uh, after you were on last time, I actually went and I uh, and I read the blog, and I didn't know what it meant either, like ponytails. Yeah. It was just uh, <laughs> sort of a weird, like I pictured you at home with a bunch of rainbow bright Wait, things. I just, I, I put in like pony- that reference too. I put in ponytails and I got sent to the Young Writers Magazine Club. Oh, yeah. so you won't, you won't find a... it on Google very well. There's a lot of other ponytail things. Okay. But pony, of course, that, but that's a, that's a, uh, that's a contraction of Portland and New York. My friend came up with it. It was like three years ago or something. She lives in New York and I live here, and we were just we're like best friends, and there's so much in common, especially Brooklyn and Portland. And so Nylon Magazine is New York, London, and so we kind of ripped that off. Pony. All right, there you go. Anyway, it's in theory about sort of similarities that I observe, but also just about my life. But yesterday I put a link to Wired Magazine's um, – Worst cubicle winners, mm-hmm. winners in quotes, because uh, anyway. Oh, these people have actually taken photos of their own cubicles? Yes, and oh, nice. deemed the worst. But this news story here is, I think, takes the cake. It's a congressional office called The Shaft, <laughs> which is just perfect. That's, really? I mean, that's, okay. It's a empty. is the soul of wit. It's an, it's, there's a, I need a copy editor right there, a empty. It's an empty elevator shaft that, um got turned into an office because they ran out of space and money to build the elevators. See, but here's the thing about that. Wow. So they built the shaft, but not so much the yeah. elevator. That almost doesn't bother me, though, because I figure, you know, if you're working for the government, like, like, F you, just get to work. You know, no, 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 I need pleasing walls. No, you don't. Get to work. Fix things now. Get you will get in the shaft. And then get in the, <laughs> I demand that you get in the shaft this instant. Um, but I mean, they're, they're like, that should be, you know, here's the thing about that. Uh, who, what, who is in that? Alleged office, like what? What? What department is in there? He's a staff assistant to the House Republican Study Committee. Seriously, seriously, f you, pal. Just get back to work and shut up. Shun the Republicans. I had, but it hadn't. See, to me, it had nothing to do with them being a Republican. It's like you're working for the government, which means you probably can't be fired, uh, which can't be said for like anybody else anywhere right now. Uh, so here's right. the thing: you fix the government. Uh, maybe I don't know. Come within shouting distance of balancing the budget. We'll get you an office. The what? office we're going to hold out there is the carrot. A couple other offices of note in Washington, uh, a former cell from the Civil War, a former fallout shelter, and a former bathroom with two urinals. <laughs> Still. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, some people work their entire lives to get a private bathroom. And you worked in a, fa- a fallout shelter, didn't you? I, let me just say this. Oh, two things. I, Spokane. I, in Spokane, yeah. I worked in a fall, an actual, real, honest-to-God, underground fallout shelter was my first radio studio uh, because I was doing this late-night show that nobody cared about, and it was like midnight to two on the station that you couldn't hear anywhere else at the parking lot, and they gave me a show just to shut me up because I kept badgering them about it. And they converted a fallout shelter into the studio. And you had to go down all these, and it was it had the big thing on the door, like the radioactive, like, you know, abandon all hope, ye who enter here thing. 
And you would go down the stairs, and it was painted this pale green to keep you from going crazy and eating your family. And there was a bicycle thing in the corner that you bicycled the power to generator. There were these big tins of, like, survival food from the 60s. It was kind of, in, in retrospect, it was kind of cool. And at the time, I didn't really care because it was, you know, I'm, I get to do a radio program. You know, and I didn't really. But, but so I worked there. And it's like during uh, the winter, you get this condensation that would form in the ceiling, and then water would drip directly into the control board while I was doing the show. And then you just sort of picture, like, Emerson, 20, was killed when, you know. And lest anybody think that it's sort of like a, but those days are far behind me sort of thing. When we first uh, came to CBS Radio, which is in 2006, God bless them. They wanted to get us on the air right away. Like, we closed the deal and like, okay, when can you start? My uh, first office at CBS Radio when we were still at the Coin Tower was literally a closet. A prize closet. It was like the closet where they kept the, like the free country CDs for like the KUPL listeners who would come in. And it was hilarious. It was at the end of the hallway, like a closet is, because it was in fact a closet. It was all the sh- like empty shelves for like all the empty, like all the X prizes and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was smaller than it was smaller than Richie's room here. It was a club, which means there were no windows. I mean, it was it was. You couldn't even close the door because you couldn't breathe in there. Basically, yeah. you couldn't fit two people in there. I remember going in to, for a meeting with you in your office. <laughs> we couldn't even stand in there. I mean, it was like one step above Les Nessman, really. I mean, and I, you know, so Les, do you think I'm being uh, colloquial? It really was honestly just a closet they stuck me in, and uh, but you know, I didn't care because you know what, uh, closet at work is better than all the space I want at home without a job. So you know, I will. Uh, it's in a, any port in a storm sort of a situation. Exactly. Fair enough. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will take our final break. Liz? Who's seen Slumdog Millionaire? I keep I meaning know, to see it. Great. Like five yeah, days in a row, I keep meaning to, and I don't. You you, you need to make but it But on principle, I don't go to right, the big movie theaters. I wait for the $3 where I can eat pizza and drink. Rightly so. Anyway, so I'm waiting. Any theater can be a drinking theater with a big enough first. That's true. <laughs> take me back to high school. <laughs> uh Anyway, slum dwellers uh, in India, this is from Yahoo India, by mm-hmm. the way, dot com or whatever, are protesting the title. They're offended by the word dog in the title. Really? It's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Just that it's derogatory to people who live in slums. And so they're signing a petition and sending it to the National Human Rights Commission and trying to get the title of the movie changed. Look, I don't mean to be culturally insensitive. If you are, in fact, quote, a slum dweller, you've got other problems to worry about. You yeah. know? You've got other things you could be dealing with other than the title of a film somewhere. There are other things to protest. I urge you now to learn to type. All right? Seriously. I mean, you've got other things. Or, you know, I don't know, find enough food for the next day. Uh, let's, let's learn to prioritize, shall we? Introduce you to a little American concept called triaging, friend. All right. On that note, um, uh, a few... Uh, a few moments with Kelly Clark on the other side of this. Uh, we'll come back. We will also uh, spend a final few moments with Liz Hummer, who will uh, return to grace our airwaves again, I hope, at some point in the future. I hope so. Actually. Hopefully a little more bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for real. You know, that's okay. <laughs> Look, I'm like this every day, and i got no excuse. They'll just go so. out drinking with you the night before, so that way we'll both be yes. in the boat. I like it. That's sort of like if everybody's a speeding, no one is speeding on the road. <laughs> well done. All right, back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Join us tomorrow when our guest will include horror makeup legend Tom Savini, ladies and gentlemen, uh, who is the host of the brand new double-disc 30th anniversary retrospective on Friday the 13th called His Name Was Jason. 
uh, which is uh, great, by the way. So that is why I didn't see Slumdog Millionaire, because I'm working my way through that, and then i got to watch Black Santa's Revenge uh, by auteur David Walker. Priorities. Very cool. Well, look, I'm just saying, you got to, you know, there's enough time to do uh, everything, so you got to do the things that matter. Liz. I've seen Black Santa's Revenge. See, everybody's awesome. seen it but me. I, every time I have people over to my house, I make them watch it. That's it's great. like, you're, this is going to be 19 minutes. <laughs> I have not seen this. It's okay. like a poll test. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you shall come over, and you will have 19 minutes of glorious Black Santa's Revenge. Um, so, uh, real quickly, now, during this break, there was this, some discussion of some embarrassing thing, and I only caught oh, little bits and pieces. Oh, we don't need to get now. Is, are we not talking about it now? There's only two minutes left. You can do it in two minutes. Come on. What? I had I just had an embarrassing thing. All I heard, here's the thing, is I just heard enough of the conversation to make it tantalizing. No, because Liz and I were, well, we were talking and she had a similar situation. Nothing, I... Yes? I was at this bar last night and I thought that this guy was cute and my friend kind of knew who he was. And so when I left, I, I'm such a jackass. When I left, <laughs> I, I gave her one of my business cards and like, tell him that I think he's cute and tell him, you know, if right. he wants to, give me a call. And I just, I, I, it was something that I remember because I, I only had a couple drinks. I was just right. feeling extra saucy. And, um, Not unlike Stacey Wilson sometimes feels. <laughs> She's sassy. No, I'm sorry. That's sassy. Please forgive me. Uh, no, so I was talking about just how stupid I feel today. Like, oh, my God, I just gave some random guy who I think might actually be the owner of the bar. Um, Even better. Yeah. yeah. Now you know where to find well, him. Well, that's not an embarrassing story at all. No, it is because... They're swinging single woman around no, town. No, what if I, you know, I, I probably won't hear from him, and then I'm going to that same bar for my friend's birthday party on Friday. So I'm just a little nervous. Are you afraid that at some point it's going to be like a Phil Collins thing where no, it goes dark feel, except for a spotlight all, on you? I feel all creepy because I'm like, here's my business card. I uh, you. Okay. Really? Can <laughs> I, I just wait? Lit. So is it the business card part that freaks you out? No, I think just I'm not really that aggressive. I don't know why that no. I, I felt like doing that last I, night. Right. Well, we, but you, he was good looking. Here's the thing. That, I think that's great. I got uh, two things to say. One. Uh, because this day, this program is just an ongoing therapy session for Rick and Sarah. Uh, so I got lots to say about that uh, that we can discuss tomorrow because I got many really observations about it. No, we will, and it's fine. Uh, but also, let me just put your mind at ease. It, no, don't worry about it. No guy anywhere finds that creepy. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe yeah, he calls I, you, maybe he doesn't, but I mean, if he, you know, even so, it's like, hey, and this chick gave me your number. It's Liz fantastic. is telling me the greatest story, too. She's like, okay, you think. Liz? I have friends were visiting from me from New York. We were eating at Doug Fur before the Spoon concert. My friends liked this group of hipster boys and sent them a note that said, Are you going to Spoon? Circle yes or no. They wow. circled yes. They actually did it. Circled okay. yes. yes. There's a picture of it on my Facebook. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> so we go down to the show. Sure enough, they're the band. Oh! <laughs> Damn. And these are like diehard the wins. So I was like, didn't you know? <laughs> that's kind of the cutest story ever. Well, that's, that's adorable. Win, thread closed. Check yes or no, Britt <laughs> yes. Daniels. Well done, Liz Hummer. It wasn't Britt. We would have known that. Oh, okay. That's yeah, because that would be embarrassing and silly if it was Britt. <laughs> <laughs> Not the way it turned out now. All right, Liz Hummer, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, join us again. Me. Kelly yeah. Clark from Willamette Week, wweek.com. New issue on stands now, Recession Busters. Tons of Recession Busters in there. All right. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Excellent for AM970 Talker in the newsroom. Liz Hummer on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Like us next, Michael Maris, show at 7. See you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Bye. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity.